is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. The phones are open, as always, should you wish to join us. You can bring up anything you want to talk about. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian here tonight. Jay Noon will be joining me shortly. Uh, He had a, uh, a very long day, so he's running a little bit late but again, phones are open, 603-283-6160. Going to start out tonight with a, a shocking story. I mean, not shocking as in like grotesque or anything like that, but uh, shocking as in I, I was surprised when I found this out. According to a gentleman who we've talked about a few times here on the program in the past, Press NH Now, his real name is Mark, and he is a, a First Amendment auditor, as they call it, and this is... This is sort of like the new term for uh, somebody that does cop blocking or cop watching, but he takes it to a different level because First Amendment auditors will target uh, any government bureaucracy. It doesn't necessarily have to be the police. It's just the police tend to get called a lot on people like uh, Press NH now uh, because they are exercising their rights. And these days, uh, exercising one's rights gets the police called on you. And so, of course, once they get their claws into you, uh, as we've learned here over the years on Free Talk Live, they like to keep coming back for more, even though, you know, Mark is a or Press NH now. He's a he's a hard target. He's somebody who knows his rights. He's willing to stand up for his rights. He's willing to uh, be arrested for over his rights and your rights as well, because when he's doing these things. And he's not the only one. There are, I don't know, hundreds of these activists all across the United States. It seems like it. There's certainly dozens of them, maybe over 100 of them. I don't know if anybody's ever like tried to catalog how many of the First Amendment auditors uh, exist out there. But they do really good work. I wish we had another dozen of them uh, here in New Hampshire. But Press NH Now is one of the... Uh, one of the big ones out there, as far as I can tell. He's certainly uh, very consistent. He's out there all the time doing stuff. And recently he encountered the Hillsborough, New Hampshire police, which, like a lot of small town cops, are notoriously corrupt. And he encountered them uh, back in August. He and his girlfriend were driving through Hillsborough for some reason or another. Uh, you kind of have to drive through it if you're on Route 9 here in New Hampshire, fairly common uh, state road here out in the southwestern New Hampshire. And anyway, uh, I, I don't know where they were. Maybe they were in, in town or whatever, but some uh, Hillsborough cop ran their plates and or ran their plate, called it into dispatch because that's what cops do. You know, like, oh, you know, they give you the give dispatch the plate number. They look it up and uh, dispatch came back with the claim that. There was a restraining order against Mark, and they believed that the person for whom the restraining order was originally written, and, and what I mean by that is the person who originally requested the restraining order, his girlfriend was in the car with him at the time. Now, rather than research the restraining order and confirm that it was actually in place, the police just pulled him over. And there's uh, video footage of this from both Mark, Press NH Now, and from the police body cams. And that's what I want to talk about tonight specifically is the body cam footage. So the footage uh, is out there now on the Press NH Now channel. It's also been posted to a blog over at freekeen.com. It's the top story there right now. 
And in this footage, uh, the police officer from Hillsborough, I think there's two officers involved. I don't know if the second one showed up later. I think he did. But a, uh, an officer pulls him over on the say-so of dispatch, dispatch claiming that this uh, restraining order was still in place. And the officer proceeds to investigate because he has to determine whether or not the tattooed woman in the passenger seat is indeed the person who had gotten the restraining order against Press NH now. And he is ultimately able to determine that it is one and the same person. He uh, has uh, Press arrested for allegedly violating this restraining order at first. Now, both of the both uh, Press NH now and his girlfriend are telling the officer in the video that he's mistaken, that dispatch is wrong, this restraining order has been removed, that the restraining order is no longer in place and it was removed all the way back in January. And they say, "Look, just just check your records and you will see that this is done." Okay? So you can go and do this and then let us go because obviously she has no problem being with me. She's in the front seat of my car. She's telling you that you can you can just go away. Okay. So you don't I mean it would be one thing if she was being kidnapped by him or something like that, but no, she's telling the officer the same thing he is. She's saying you can just go ahead and research this and see that there's no restraining order. So why don't you do that? And he just doesn't do it. He doesn't look it up. He just arrests uh, Press NH now and then later ends up charging him, not with violating the restraining order, because later he does look into it and determines that, yes, indeed, the restraining order was lifted earlier this year. So later he charges Press NH now. Uh, with and I think it's in this Freekeen article at freekeen.com. I, I don't want to get it wrong. The charge was originally disobeying an officer, but they later changed that to resisting detention. Now, this is uh, allegedly because Press NH Now did not get out of the car fast enough when the police was giving him an illegal order to get out of his car. And welcome to the show, Jay. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Yeah, they they love charging people with like you know um, resisting arrest or what, what was that failure to detain resisting detainment resisting detention <clears throat> resisting detention which is oh. different than resisting arrest so right so was he like enrolled in a school where he's uh, you know subject <laughs> to a detention no this is the legal term that they use when they are investigating uh, an alleged crime right so if you've been uh, detained by the police it's a different legal status than being arrested by them it feels the same because Until you're not you free to leave and when then it becomes unlawful arrest uh, a real Indeed. good court case for people to uh to look into uh, internet searches it's uh trevis vant versus tampa and basically the uh, award worked out to like i don't know twenty three thousand dollars a minute or something mm-hmm. for this unlawful arrest a guy wow. was basically arrested for like 20 something minutes and <clears throat> anyways uh but yeah uh detention uh the this is just garbage you know I, yeah it's it's another word for you don't have the freedom to leave now you may or may not be put in handcuffs during the detention you're under arrest is, is what it is and looks like the difference i think jay legally and i'm not a lawyer okay so you know check with your lawyers to confirm whether or not this is uh, an accurate statement but the difference between a deten- detention legally and an arrest 
as I understand it, is the detention is the part that precedes being arrested. You may or may not be arrested while you're detained. While you're detained, the officer is trying to determine whether or not he has probable cause uh, to arrest you, as I understand it. So once you've been arrested, then they have to charge you with something, typically. And if you're being detained, in theory, the officer could find, as he should have found in this case, that there was no reason to arrest somebody because there was no protection order in place. It had been uh, in, it had been removed by the courts back in January of this year. And I know you were, weren't necessarily here for the first few minutes of the show, but just to bring you up to speed, we're talking about Hillsborough, New Hampshire police arresting Press NH Now, uh, Mark, who is a... Uh, a First Amendment auditor, and he was arrested for having a restraining order that didn't actually have an effect. It was gone. It had been gone for months. He tried to tell the police this. His girlfriend tried to tell the police this, but they didn't listen. They just wanted to arrest him for not getting out of his car quick enough, basically. And so even though the police were wrong, and it's documented that they were wrong because they found out later, oh, whoops, doesn't look like this restraining order is in place. Well, we're just going to charge him anyway because he didn't get out of the car quick enough. I wonder if these were the uh, same Hillsborough police officers that were involved with uh, violating and beating, um, you know, Lumpy and his girlfriend last year. Lumpy's girlfriend Good really question. got roughed up really bad. And she, I don't know if you uh, remember her. Uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, yeah, she's she's a little, little lady. She's not, you know, maybe 105 pounds soaking wet and... I saw her a couple of days afterwards. She was all swollen up, and it, they really roughed her up bad. Um, yeah. Lumpy's a bigger dude. He can take a beating. Uh, I'm not sure exactly sure what the outcome was. This know, one's was name him. is Bannister, the one that did the arresting in this case. William Bannister is his mm. name. Yeah. But I don't know if that was the guy involved. I've in definitely the, heard that name case. before, Bannister. Yeah. I'm going to give Lumpy a text and see. So, um, so I'm telling you about this case to bring you up to the current time yep. so this happened in early august when the pullover happened when the wrongful arrest happened they charged him with this thing and so this guy stands up for himself press nh now it's his channel on youtube you should go check him out he does great work and uh, you can go watch this video if you want because as of next week the video may be taken down and we'll get to why that's that might happen here in a moment. That's really the reason why I wanted to talk about this. Because if you want to see him go up against plenty of cops, there's, I don't know, hundreds of videos on his channel. I don't know how many videos he's got, but it's it's a lot. And uh, so he gets charged. They release him, right? You know, he gets bail. He's, he's out. And they give him a court date. And so he's going to go to court because that's what activists like this do he stands up for his rights it's his right to record the police it's his right to stand up for himself if the police are in the wrong and they absolutely were in this case so he's going to go to trial he's not going to take a plea deal he's going to make them put him on trial make them find him guilty if indeed that's what happens the last time he was on trial in charlestown uh new hampshire was a court in uh it's not in charlestown but it's you know these are small towns uh, but it's over on the west side of New Hampshire, the Claremont District Court. He won that case when the Charlestown police were coming after him for suggesting to his viewers that they contact the Charlestown Police Department and let them know they're unhappy with how their you know, crappy uh, police and their police chief were operating. Actually, what would the, and, and a proper way to really suggest that the police that you don't like what the police are doing is through a, a written affidavit sent certified mail 
directly to the chief of police and also CC and sent it and, and send a copy of that written affidavit certified mail to the local legislature or mm-hmm. pick a New Hampshire legislator that you like. Mm-hmm. Because the bottom line is, if you live in New Hampshire, you uh, under the Constitution in New Hampshire, something that's been uh, ratified uh, recently, uh, you have a right to sue uh, the state. Uh, they, they, they use the term taxpayer. I don't really like that term taxpayer. I uh, definitely don't like, you know, because the taxpayer is like a legal fiction. That needs to be a little different. But if you are basically in New Hampshire and you buy a gallon of gas, you've paid some taxes. Uh, you know, if you got, you got a, standing, you have standing. And okay. uh, so p- pretty much anyone has standing to sue. And what is happening is these bad police officers, which are everywhere, which have qualified immunity, which means yep. they have an, you know, they're incentivized to be irresponsible. And then when you have generations upon generations of state employees, town employees, federal employees that enjoy qualified immunity, what develops, you get an irresponsible culture of bad actors. You get, and, and it is uh, ripe for predators. You get predators that working for the state because they want to be able to wield this power because they know they'll be protected. This is why the social workers in DCYF just lie in affidavits because they don't get, you know, nothing happens to them. And, but the best way to, to do this is, is uh, what is called a, affidavit and in the affidavit you demand you point out what's going on you know that these these police officers are doing bad bad things mm-hmm. and you don't like it because you are you are being held liable because if you own land for example in um hillsborough new hampshire where there's going to be probably a lawsuit where uh or hopefully there'll be a lawsuit and then what's going to happen is going to be some kind of settlement and that you mean in this case? Uh, yeah, this mm-hmm. case, and, and I'm sure with uh, the one in Charlestown, he should be working on uh, some kind of lawsuit. I don't know if he is. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, because you know he beat the case. They took his time. I mean, when I did my fee schedule with DCYF, I says, guys, I require fifty thousand dollars an hour for each hour of my time you take. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me how much my time is worth. My time, actually, you know, as far as I'm concerned, my time is extremely valuable. I got two, yeah. two, two little children, and so my time is valuable. And and if I'm screwing around with the state. Uh, for any reason whatsoever, they're consuming my time. Yep. I require fifty thousand dollars an hour. So an affidavit stating what's going on, uh, stating normally that, you charge way less, but that's when you're doing something you want to do. Right. In this the, case, you the, don't want to do this right. stuff. This is not voluntary. They're yeah. forcing me to. Cons- they're, they're they're consuming my time under threat, duress, and coercion. Essentially, mm-hmm. if I don't if we don't appear at court, if we don't do paperwork, right. we don't do the research to get things done. So. Affidavit stating what you don't like's going on, stating that you are uh, being held liable for this bad activity because you're forced to pay taxes. If you don't mm-hmm. pay taxes, men with guns will appear and you know either put you in a body bag or you know sure whatever. Uh, <clears throat> so you're forced to pay these taxes, and in the affidavit you demand that the executive officer being the chief of police, for example, do something about this. You demand that the legislative officer being the town selectman, town council, state representative. Whoever, yeah, but you know they're not going to do anything about it. So what's the point? uh, What is the point? Because this is how you set them up to uh, to instruct them to do this. This is how Mm -hmm. the people have to interact. Uh, uh, They're just going to throw it in the circular file. uh, Well, then there's just evidence that they're incompetent. They're not doing their job. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's uh, actually a really good affidavit I'm working on right now uh, that we're going to be addressing the New Hampshire legislature with. The legislature is going to get this affidavit. The the governor. Uh, hmm. Having to do uh, mostly with uh, DCYF and the fact that you know they have all of these um, 
It's the Department of, uh, or di- what is it, Division? Division, yeah. Division it's not a department, children, it's Division. Youth Families or something? Division of Children, Youth, and Families. So mm-hmm. that's what they do. They divide they children, destroy youth, people's and families. Fa- yeah. families. And then they have these... Uh, uh, these tribunals that aren't even judicial courts called family court, which they just have these ex parte hearings and they just rubber stamp everything that right. whatever, you know, social worker or state employee says, uh, based on what I can tell, they give them everything Are they, they going to be want. forcing you into one of those soon? These uh, well, administrative hearings? Well, so there is an administrative uh, hearing that uh, we're waiting for a date on. Okay. Uh, Still with, waiting um, on that. Okay. Uh, yeah. With, yeah, we haven't heard back from them yet. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna uh, be going to that administrative hearing, and we're gonna. And I be, hope I can go to that. We're gonna be inviting some uh, uh, state uh, legislatures because so nice. they can see firsthand, yeah, you know, what absolutely. bad actors these guys are. See how this government works, <laughs> right? Because it needs to be shut down. Uh, this is the government that these people are responsible for. Now I understand that the state reps who are in there now they didn't create DCYF, but they could do something to get rid of it. They could, and I've heard rumor there might be a bill. Have you seen anything about this, Jay? That I, I know you were talking with state reps within the last few weeks about possibly filing some sort of legislation to abolish DCYF. Has has that happened? I don't do know, you know if that particular bill has been filed yet, but that mm-hmm. was uh, certainly some intention. Well, they so, had to do it last week. Yeah, so I, I don't so. know if it's been done. I, I don't pay. I, I haven't paid attention to much in the last week. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm chronically busy. Sure, uh, but. There's um there's we talked about abolishing DCYF at the uh with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance uh summit I I, I went to we talked right. about um you know uh requiring the social workers to have oaths of office requiring Which them Which they that, don't. Yep, they don't have any oath to a constitution. Not uh, that that really helps very much. I mean, look at what the police do. They have an oath to the constitution some and they of them violate do. it all the time. Some of them do. I don't think the state police have a, a oath to the constitution in New Hampshire because uh Really? I talked to a guy a, few days ago and he said he did a public records request for an oath of office with a state trooper and they said it that they didn't have it on file well the next time that anybody's got a state trooper on uh you know the stand at a you know some sort of criminal trial you could ask him that question yes uh, in fact we need to uh, ask that of judges judge Mm -hmm. uh do you have an oath of office and uh if his answer is yes and then what needs to happen i accept your oath and i bond you to it um, what does that you know, mean? Well, it, it means that you you accept his oath and that you and, and and you and and you actually bind him to it. You know, which is basically all you're doing is saying that you're going to hold him to his oath. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a much that you can do to hold him to their oath other than utter the words, right? Yeah, you know, but because they um, are the ones who would have to do something about it right, to but themselves. It, but it puts it puts it on notice. Mm-hmm. And what would be a better thing is if you could get a, a certified copy of their oath of office and then file it actually into the court. Say, I have evidence here hmm. uh, of an oath, and 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 I'm going to bind you to your oath. Uh, just some, you know, some stuff I've been researching that you can do yeah. to have some fun. It sounds with these like guys. courtroom magic words to me, and I would love to see somebody actually try this to see what happens when you do these things. Well, we'll be going to uh, Superior Court with my wife's uh, thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, next couple of uh, they have a date that's right smack dab in the middle of uh, you know a time we're going to be out of town, so we motion for a continuance. That's going to be what October something. Yeah, I think they did a date for October twelfth. Okay. We uh, we put in a motion to continue it. Well, because, as we get closer to that, we yeah. should talk more about it. I don't want to go too far away from this particular story because there's the most outrageous part is still to come. Let's get into I've it. I've just been telling you about what happened yep. on the side of the road, and as bad as that is, that's not too uncommon. Normally, the police are behaving badly. Normally, they're going to abuse your rights, and that's just pretty typical. If you're a First Amendment auditor or a cop block activist or any kind of police accountability activist, 
this sounds like a pretty standard story. Police abusing their power and arresting somebody for some nonsense reason. That's pretty pretty common. But it's what came next that was the real shock. And so as I was explaining, Press NH Now is his name. Uh, his real name's Mark. He's got this YouTube channel. It's Press NH Now. You can go and check it out. It's worth a watch. Uh, but this video that he posted just some number of days ago uh, in regards to the footage of him getting pulled over and harassed and then ultimately arrested for a uh, restraining order that didn't exist. Oh, they actually just pulled him over to, to try yeah. to... Uh, arrest him for a restraining order they pulled him over because <laughs> dispatch told them that a restraining order was in place the oh, restraining so now order is a conspiracy between uh, several of these guys to infringe upon his rights but the but the restraining order was not in place and in fact had been out of place it had been gone since january and this was happening in august and rather than research the claims that these two were making that uh press nh now and his girlfriend both in the car together uh, we're saying, look, this is not in place. Just look into it, and you'll find out that's the truth. Cop just wanted to arrest him. And what he was the restraining order for? Apparently, as I understand it, uh, there was some sort of an incident that he and his girlfriend had late last year, and he put his hand on her car door or something, and that was unwelcome, I guess. There was no violence. It was a nonviolent thing. Same but, girlfriend? Yeah, but they had an issue, and okay. she, she unfortunately pulled a restraining order against him, and then they they sorted things out. I don't know if they you know went to a couple's therapy or whatever. I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but they sorted things out, and now they're back together, and they're happily living together here in Keene. Yeah, there was a girl who uh, wanted to rent uh, a room off me a few years ago. And uh, I knew she had gotten a restraining order against somebody. Mm-hmm. And that, Bad that, sign. That was my re- No, I don't want yeah. you at my place. I only want no you doubt. around. But, you know, he forgave her or whatever. Sure. She forgave him or whatever it was. And, and they're back together. So they're driving around together as a couple would do. And so the fact that they were together and that this girl, uh, the girlfriend, wasn't upset about it, right? Like she's telling the cop, look, this restraining order is not in place. I, please don't arrest my boyfriend, <laughs> right? Like isn't the whole point of a restraining order to stop someone who you don't want around you yeah. from being around you? Well, she wants him around around her. But that's not even the ridiculous part, the most ridiculous part of this. What happened after he released this video footage is he received this week a threat A motion from the prosecutor in this case asking the judge at the district court to file a protective order against Press NH Now. We'll tell you why coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. It is Free Talk Live. You are invited if you want to join the show here. Talking about what a, a story that 
surprised me. And there's not a lot that surprises me these days. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by it, but we'll tell you what exactly happened here in just a moment. Uh, in... In case you want, you can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. It's Ian and Jay here in the studio tonight. And this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. Dash is digital cash. It's a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of Dash's mining rewards go into a treasury. And anybody that has one Dash to spend, and right now I think a Dash is less than 30 bucks. If you got one Dash to spend, you can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet those proposals, and they decide which ones move forward and get funded by that treasury. Nowadays, these decentralized autonomous organizations are plentiful. They're all over the crypto world, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies. It's widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol, and it's in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. You can start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That's Dash.org. We're talking about friend of the show, Press NH Now. His uh, real name is Mark. He is currently facing some ridiculous so-called criminal charges for apparently not getting out of his car fast enough when he was illegally detained in Hillsborough, New Hampshire, on suspicion of violating a restraining order that didn't actually exist. It used to exist, but it wasn't in place, and it hadn't been in place for the majority of a year when Hillsborough PD pulled him over and then ultimately arrested him, charging him with disobeying an officer, then later changing that charge to resisting detention. Again, for not getting out of the car fast enough. uh, When he was trying to tell the officer, look, dude, just look up this restraining order, pull it up in your system, and you'll see that it's been vacated. Officer wouldn't do it. Let's go to the phones here because there's something that's way worse about this case coming up that has uh, a much larger implication against freedom of speech and freedom of the press. We'll tell you about that coming up. But first, Tim is in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Jay. So uh, here in Florida, we have something similar to resisting detention, and it's called uh, you're probably, well, I don't know. You might be familiar with this. I know you used to live in Florida. It's called resisting a law enforcement officer. Mm-hmm. And and that is that is actually, pe- you know, people on the street, they'll be like, oh, I got arrested for resisting arrest. But it's actually not resisting arrest. It's resisting a law enforcement officer. And what that means is that um, somehow, uh, and it can even be verbal, although there has been a federal uh, precedent which uh, says they, they, they really shouldn't be able to do this. And, and my attorney did try to fight it. Um, but anyway, the... Uh, the situation with me was in 2017, I got wasted. I had a heated verbal outburst at my female roommate. You know, absolutely, I was in the wrong. Hmm. The police were called. Uh, you know, there was no physical altercation at all. And after some verbal back and forth with the police officer, he basically slammed me against the hood of his car, cuffed me. I asked him what I was being arrested for. He told me for resisting arrest. And <laughs> perceiving that like he actually used that term resisting arrest which Mm -hmm. is incorrect but perceiving that you know i've been really mouthy with him telling him that i don't recognize the law of the land etc etc so he he basically i was just talking over him and he he got sick of it you know i was giving him a headache 
kind of like the the, the band director that got tased. Mm-hmm. I was just giving the guy a headache. And so he slammed me against the car, took me in. And uh, on my court date, uh, Nicole, I, so I, I shouldn't even say her name, but anyway, the, the, the roommate, mm-hmm. she didn't show up to the summons because she wasn't mm-hmm. even interested. She just wanted me out of there. She, she didn't want it. She don't want me to get in trouble, but, uh, you know. So Florida, she was the witness against you, and she right. didn't want to pers- pursue this, is what you're saying. Right. She mm-hmm. she had no interest in, in punishing me. She just wanted me out. Okay. And I get it. And uh, basically, though, as you probably know, in Florida, uh, you know, once they know about a crime, I'm not sure if this would be criminal or civil, but, but basically once they know of a crime, they continue to prosecute it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's not relevant, Basically, the judge was like, you know, yeah, you're, you know, the, the attorney was like, yeah, you don't have a crime against him. He was trying to get the whole thing dismissed. Mm-hmm. And um, the judge was like, well, he was totally intoxicated, which means I could force him into a drug court. Uh, but if you don't want that, then agree to this restraining order. And so, like, we had a quick aside. We agreed to it. And then after the after it was all done, I the attorney was like, Oh, that was totally, that was totally bull crap. Uh, he, he didn't have the right to do that restraining order. It was totally illegal. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me that before? <laughs> was this a public defender? No. You paid for this attorney? Not a lot. I mean, don't oh, get me man. wrong. I didn't pay him a lot. A, but, a, but attorneys are enemies. Just understand that they, they can't even protect your rights. They don't even try they just want a plea bargain. They want the easy way out of it. In fact, their their allegiance is basically to the same, you know, entity that the allegiance of the judge is. And, you know, if the attorney, the attorney had worked for a state or a county or a city at any time, they're going to collect from the same pension fund as a judge. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you a little something about domestic, uh, uh, domestic law, family law. Well, I guess domestic stuff comes under like family law, sort of. Uh, any of these <clears throat> transactions that happen, any of these charges that come about, the restraining orders, the child support, the you know, to putting a kid, putting you in drug court, putting a kid in a detention center, all comes with uh, money from the federal government, and a percentage of this money goes right into what's called the judicial pension fund. Percent percentage of this money goes to like DCYF. A percentage of this money goes to like the victim witness advocate, and and all the state employees are trained, and this is. For what I'm finding out is blanket across all the, all the states. All the state employees are educated on how to maximize revenue for whichever particular entity they work for. Even the school teachers are, uh, and, and so a lot of these uh, liberal arts colleges, these you know uh, universities have like a maximize. So here in New Hampshire, it's um, maximizing revenue for DCYF Granite State University. A family member hmm. of mine who was actually a, a a psychiatrist and worked in the public school system told me the same exact thing that she took a college course when she was in college uh, on how basically to maximize revenue for the, like, I don't know if it was the um, teachers union or department of education, something hmm. like that. And what they are all taught is that uh, your pension depends on a few things, more people coming in to work mm-hmm. for the state because the pensions are all Ponzi scheme. And also your pension depends very much on federal money. If it wasn't for federal money coming into the system, you basically, they, they say that you're not going to have a pension uh, or your pension's going to be weak or, or the pension could fail. And so there's a big incentive for we can only all hope. of these state employees to 
do whatever they can to get the federal money into the in, in, into the system. And almost all these federal grants kick some percentage of of money somehow into the pension funds for mm. teachers unions, for judicial pension fund, for uh, police officer pencil. So basically, pension all the fund. state people are gonna are gonna be against secession because they know that's where their bread's right. buttered. And, and also, like, I, so a, a, a farmer I deal with here, he runs uh, agricultural plates on one of his trucks. He had a Merrimack County Sheriff pull up behind him in a um, Dunkin' Donuts. He went in there to go grab a coffee, mm-hmm. and he had, you know, he's had his farm truck. And he was just stopping to get a coffee. Right. And the guy pulls right in behind him, and he says, uh, I need to know where you're from and where you're going because uh, the way the agricultural plates are in New Hampshire, you you have like a certain radius. I forget how many miles it is that like mm-hmm. you can run them in only certain places you can run them. You can't just you know, travel everywhere with them. I see. And so the guy was like six miles from his farm. He mm-hmm. was totally within the whatever the limit is. And so this farmer says to me, what does he care? I says, he cares because if he can write you a ticket, this further secures his pension. And he and, and, and these cops are all educated that they you need think to they write, know that. Huh? Abs- oh, it is intentional. And yes, absolutely. They mm-hmm. do know that. I actually had a, a, a DOT cop explain this to me years ago. Um, after we, him and I had, you know, some battles back and forth in Massachusetts and I'm like, I go, and I'm like, why are you guys so aggressive? And he go about this stuff. Why, why do you guys care? And, and they're like, if you're misusing farm plates, we're going to write you a ticket and then you're not going to be able to have a farm plate. Massachusetts was the farm plate. And, and then that's going to force you to register a commercial plate. And this is also why they harass people for having like dual wheel trucks and they'll have like a passenger plate in Massachusetts. New Hampshire doesn't have like a, New Hampshire's passenger plate doesn't really matter, but Mm -hmm. they'll want you to have like uh, a commercial plate or what's called an apportion plate on like a dual wheel truck or a truck that's being used for a business. Um, And so they'll pull people over for running these dual wheel trucks with passenger plates in Massachusetts because it's it's like triple or quadruple the money to register a truck like commercial than it is to to do it uh, through um, uh, uh, what's called um, you know passenger plate mm-hmm. and, just, and, and like farm plates are dirt cheap compared to and agricultural plates are yeah. dirt cheap. Uh, it's also why they harass people like if you're like you know if if you have like a, a thirty year old pickup truck with antique plates plates on it and you got a ladder rack on it and a ladder and you're driving around they'll totally nail you because that's you quote unquote commercial and they quote want, unquote commercial and what happens in Massachusetts all the state troopers are actually what they call registry cops so like thirty forty years ago they had state troopers uh, town cops and county sheriffs and then they had what's called registry cops and registry cops were the ones that did like you know, um, registration for enforcement. Mm. Uh, and, um, in New Hampshire, they call in Vermont, they call them DMV police. They'll say, it'll say oh, DMV God. on the side of it. So, but now in Massachusetts, all the state police are now all registry cops. And so they're all authorized to enforce. Right. So they're all crap. authorized to like push this thing. Cause like when I, when I used to live in New Hampshire, live on Massachusetts, I had, uh, all my stuff registered in New Hampshire. So they were always trying to mess with me over having New Hampshire plates. But what it comes down to is they are all trained and educated that Mm -hmm. their pension is so, like, um, you know, depends so much on on, uh, the registry of motor vehicles collecting more revenue. And Mm -hmm. this is why they they harass all these people for, you know, um, not having their trucks... properly registered for example i mean i i have noticed in uh and i know we still have tim with us here i have noticed that apparently in new hampshire the local cops are less likely to write tickets 
than the state police. And they yep. say that's because the revenue from the tickets goes to the general fund in the state. Yep. It's not going to the local cops. So, mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't that contradict your claim that this is backing up their pensions? If the local cops knew that writing tickets was going to help their pension, why wouldn't they write more tickets instead of give right, so, uh, warnings? So here's the thing with the local police. So they're like, with the exception of the chief of police, from what I understand, mm-hmm. there's two there's two types of pension things for the employees, mm-hmm. town employees and county and state employees in New Hampshire. So you have like low level bureaucrats, which would be like a private firefighter or like a private police officer, like their rankings of private, you uh-huh. know, all these military rankings they have, or like the snowplow truck driver or like the guy picking up the trash on the side of the road for the city. Yep. Uh, so they have a pension fund that's not guaranteed. So basically what that means, if that pension, pension fund goes kaput... Uh, because there's nothing to back it up because there's nothing to back mm-hmm. it up because they're because they have a bunch of incompetent you know financial but guys the higher them. ups are guaranteed but like the town manager the, really? the the chief of police and many so and, and i i the guy told me this uh, i've been talking to about this that he believes that anyone who's a lieutenant in the state police anyone who's a sergeant in the state police Mm. And um, and then I can't remember what these other, but their pensions. So are there's basically more to guaranteed. the rank. There's more to the rank than just the you know them oh, getting yeah. to say they're such and such. Right, Tim. You uh, you said that your roommate had brought a charge against you, but she didn't show up in court. But the the government no, there no, can. She, Go ahead. She did not. No, she did not bring a charge against me. Uh, actually, our neighbor. Uh, there was a big. I made a big scene in in, in the parking lot, mm. and uh, normally the neighbor that we drink with, he was the one that called the cops. Oh, no I thought she called him on you. No. Uh, oh. Well, and, and the thing was, no charges were filed even by the guy that called the cops. Uh. Uh, it was basically the police officer, mm. or actually the Collier County. So they dropped, uh, just to clarify, they dropped the charge, which was going to be a resisting an officer charge, in return for you accepting a restraining order? I'm trying to remember the terminology, and I hope, hopefully I won't get it mixed up with a previous traffic charge I got, but I, I think it was called adjudicated adjudication withheld. Mm-hmm, right. Okay. Even, even though that restraining order was part of the path to get there, there really was no judgment. Right. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, the the uh, they withheld the adjudication, meaning that the thing was essentially. Uh, I think they used the term abeyance. It's another legal term that, like, it's sort of floating out there in case they wanted to. Like, if you violated the restraining order, they could bring it back, right? I I guess so. Yeah. And who is the restraining know. order placed against in this case? Uh, against against me and and now this was actually. But regarding who the the neighbor your uh, your no, roommate. No, uh, they, the roommate, who is actually previously a uh, assistant manager over me, but she's so much younger than me, you know. But she so they you know, put a, the they put a, just to clarify, they put a restraining order on you in yes. regards to your own roommate, even though she didn't yes. ask for it. Now, now it was her apartment in her name. She mm-hmm. did not ask for it, but they I guess they were concerned that wow. uh, I was potentially going to physically hurt her and how did you deal with that i mean how do you you can't go back home to your own apartment how do you get your stuff well and it wasn't it was not my apartment i was actually renting a room from her that's Um, what i mean though you've got stuff there so do you have to like have the cops accompany you to get your stuff no No, she actually her father she was only like 19 or 20 at the time her Mm -hmm. father actually dropped off all of my stuff oh wow uh, 
through the convenience store that I was working at at the time, which she had previously worked at, you know, technically gotcha. over me. Although, anyway, yeah, so it was really an embarrassing situation. Sounds and like I didn't have a, I didn't have a home for like, you know, at least at least a three or four days, and I was basically just staying at the store, just just like working. Like, well, did anything good come out of it? Dollars. Like, you know, the, that maybe you didn't get so s face drunk or whatever it was that caused this problem at that point. Um, well, it certainly is a reference point to look back at. I wouldn't mm. I wouldn't say that I learned from it immediately, mm. but it, it did definitely slow me down. Uh, Tim, thanks for the call tonight. Thanks for sharing the story with us. I I appreciate it. So we started out the show tonight talking about Press NH Now. He is a First Amendment auditor. He was pulled over for a uh, restraining order violation on a restraining order that had not been in place for most of a year, something like seven or eight months. And rather than actually listen to uh, the the Press NH Now, uh, his real name is Mark, and his girlfriend, Rather than listening to them and actually re- looking into it before putting somebody in handcuffs, they just went ahead and arrested him because he wouldn't get out of the car fast enough. Charged him, in this case, according to an article over at freekeen.com, charged him with disobeying an officer and then later changed the charge to resisting detention. Now, Mark, a.k.a. Press NH Now, he's the guy who stands up for his rights. He stands up for your rights to be the free press, to have freedom of speech. And so he's going to take this thing to court. And so part of going to court as you know, Jay, is you want to request discovery from the prosecution. Yep. You want to say, look, I want to see all the evidence that you have, whether you're going to use it against me or not, I want to see it all. And that includes, in his case, body cam video, because the Hillsborough Police Department have body cams, and they were using those body cams in that incident, as they are supposed to do. So it is his right to request that body camera footage in order to know everything there is to know about you know how he could possibly defend himself in this case. So he received the body cam footage. He then used that body cam footage to cut together his video, which is currently online over at his web, uh, his YouTube channel called Press NH Now. Now, whether it will continue to be online as of the next few days is another question because all of a sudden this week he received a letter, or not even a letter, uh, it was a, a motion to the court filed in Hillsborough District Court this week by the prosecutor, and I have a copy of it here uh, that he sent, and it's per- it's posted on the article at freekeen.com, where, according to the prosecutor, citing a New Hampshire RSA, which is the term for the statutes here, revised statutes annotated, 105D colon 2, in this RSA, there are a set of rules that it, at the beginning of the RSA, it says are for law enforcement. And it's, right. They only apply to law enforcement. They only apply to state uh, characters, state entities, legal entities, That's legal what you fictions. would think. Okay. It does not say that it applies to a living, breathing man or woman. Well, that's true. Uh, and now we're getting into the more of the esoteric side. And I'm, I'm happy to talk about that, Jay. But just by their own regulations, there's a bunch of rules as far as how police officers are supposed to use these body cameras. They're called body-worn cameras, or BWCs is the uh, the terminology here that they use to describe them. And according to this, according to the, the threat by this prosecutor, he's asking the judge in this case to issue a protective order against Mark, Press NH Now, for sharing the video that was provided to him in Discovery. And that video is currently on his channel. According to this RSA, 
in section or part 12 of the RSA, it says this, except as authorized in this section, no person, including without limitation officers and their supervisors, shall edit, alter, erase, delete, duplicate, copy, subject to automated analysis or analytics of any kind, including but not limited to facial recognition technology, share, display, or otherwise distribute in any manner BWC, body-worn camera, recordings, or portions thereof. So how does the legislature define person? That's an excellent question. I don't see it in this immediate statute. We'd have to go back to another, maybe some other definitions to look at that. But they believe it applies to Mark a.k.a. Press NH Now, and that's why they're demanding that a judge issue an order against him. They want the judge to issue, uh, they want him to have a hearing, which is going to happen apparently on Monday in Hillsborough District Court at 11 a.m. Uh, so if you happen to be in New England and you want to stand up for uh, free speech and the free press, you might want to attend this event. Uh, it's going to be at Hillsborough District Court. They want the defendant to be ordered to remove the video from his YouTube channel and all other media platforms, which, by the way, this video has been up for a few days, so there's more than one other channel that has already downloaded his video and has uploaded that video to their channels. And, in fact, one of them is a hostile person, somebody who doesn't like Press NH now, who's using the video. So, you know, like with the Internet, the cat is out of the bag, so to speak. They're now they're going to try to use force and the threat of violence to uh, get the cat to go back in the bag and get the video removed. They want to order the defendant to not publish any Hillsborough Police Department-owned video on any electronic media forum in the future and other relief as so-called justice may require. So this is an absolutely outrageous uh, demand here by these police, but it's based on what sounds like a pretty outrageous statute. As I said, at the beginning of section 105D2, it says in the first sentence, this chapter shall apply to any law enforcement agency that elects to equip its law enforcement officers with body-worn cameras. So on one hand, it sounds like it's just intended for law enforcement as far as a set of rules that they are supposed to follow when it comes to using body-worn cameras. In some cases, it makes some sense, right? So if you were to say this only applies to law enforcement, then it makes sense that they shouldn't be editing the videos, right? Because there's a, a prohibition here about editing the videos. It makes sense that they shouldn't erase, that they shouldn't delete, that they shouldn't, you know, do these things. They shouldn't alter the videos. That I understand. You certainly don't want police going in and cutting out the most important parts of a body-worn camera video. I get that. But why would they be you know, prohibited from copying the videos? Why would they be prohibited from sharing or displaying the videos? Or any person? Why would any person be prohibited from doing those things? Obviously, there's those pesky constitutional you know, amendments, the Bill of Rights. And I'm not even talking about the U.S. Bill of Rights. I'm talking about the New Hampshire uh, Bill of Rights, which is, in my opinion, better than the United States Bill of Rights in New Hampshire. We have that uh, Article 22 of the New Hampshire Bill of Rights, which says free speech and liberty of the press are essential to the security of freedom in a state. They ought, therefore, to be involubly preserved. Uh, so that is very, very important. And then there's also uh, Article 8, which says government should be open, accessible, accountable, and responsive to that end, the public's right of access to governmental proceedings and records shall not be unreasonably restricted. 
But in this particular law or this statute, it specifically says that body-worn camera videos are for law enforcement purposes only. So they're not even supposed to give these videos out to people. The only reason why Press NH now got these videos is because it's discovery in his case. But normally they're saying here, if you were to request a body camera video just because you wanted to see what Officer So-and-So has been up to around town, they're not going to let it out. I mean, so the idea that it could be a, a criminal charge for sharing these videos is ridiculous. You may get a criminal charge just for sharing this article at freekeen.com. I don't know. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, looks like there's some new news, some new numbers out in regards to Americans and their views on secession. And I gotta say, I'm excited to see these numbers. They're uh, they're pretty good. We'll share those with you coming up here in a moment. It's Ian and Jay joining you here tonight as we kick off the second hour of the program. As always, you can bring up anything that you want to discuss here on Free Talk Live. Our number is 603-283-6160. We've been talking about uh, the shocking news that apparently, according to a New Hampshire statute uh, that is now attempting to be uh, being enforced by the Hillsborough Police against a First Amendment auditor, his name is Press NH Now. His real name's Mark. You can find his channel at Press NH Now on YouTube, where a particular video he posted earlier this week has the Hillsborough Police prosecutor up in arms and demanding that a judge issue an order to restrict Press NH Now from sharing this video, to force him to remove the video from his YouTube channel, which you can see over at Press NH Now on YouTube. And they're saying. That according to this statute, it is illegal to share. Sharing is illegal, according to these people. It's illegal for any person. And you did look up the definition of person, Jay. We'll pull that up here in just a moment. But just let me recap what this thing says. They say it is illegal to share, illegal to copy, illegal to display any footage from a body-worn camera, a police BWC, a body-worn camera in New Hampshire. That's what they're claiming here, and they want a judge to enforce this particular thing with a uh, with a court order, which would mean that if Press NH Now is under that court order and he doesn't remove the video from his channel, then he could be charged with contempt of court. 
So that's what we're looking at here right now. Now, you did a little bit of research. You pulled up a chapter of the New Hampshire code or its statutes. And what'd you find, Jay? So this is a statutory construction manual for uh, New Hampshire, which they call RSA 21. So 21 section 9 is person. The word person may extend and be applied to bodies corporate and politic as well as to individuals. Now, they don't give a definition of the term individual. The, the uh, you know, individual, that, that definition has definitely changed over the years. The Constitution, the individual Constitution talks about the pre-1864 is, you know, talking about, like, basically, you know, the people, men mm-hmm. and women. But when you get into, like, uh, IRS stuff, the in- individual is clearly discuss- talking about a legal entity. Um, and same thing within the IRS definition of a person is a corporation, trust, association, or other legal entity. So, uh, and and when statutory construction is used and they, and they group corporations and body politics uh, into a uh, term and then they use individual, uh, best I can tell, they are not talking about living, breathing men and women. And this, you know, this all, all of this stuff that the legislature does all of these rules that they pass, uh, I have yet to see any evidence, and I've asked state legislatures, I've asked attorneys, I've asked prosecutors, I've asked cops on the stand, I've asked judges. I even did a right-to-know request years ago to the uh, Attorney General uh, of New Hampshire. Uh, the long t- It was like 2014 or something I did this right-to-know request. And uh, it, for the evidence that they rely on that the New Hampshire RSAs, their code mm-hmm. applies to me simply because I'm on this land they call New Hampshire. Well, the cop at your trial said he didn't have any evidence. Right, because that. no evidence exists. I even asked... I couldn't uh, believe they let him answer the question. Well, it, like, it, I expected the prosecutor or the judge to step in and tell him he didn't have to answer it. Well, it was because the prosecutor's like... And prosecutor says to says asked a cop uh, just before this, uh, if you watch the, uh, the trial, my wife's uh, um, kangaroo court trial there... Uh, right about at the two-hour mark on the uh, Free Keen Odyssey, I believe it is, channel, uh, uh, the prosecutor just before this asks, uh, says to the cop, uh, does the law of New Hampshire apply because you're in New Hampshire? And the cop says, yes. So I just asked him for the evidence. And he's, oh, I don't have any. Mm-hmm. Well, there is no evidence. Uh, and, and a public records request or right-to-know request or Freedom of Information Act request is very simple. Even in the statutes here, uh, I'll, I'll bring this up again. The statutory construction manual, it says, uh, so Title I, the state and its government, Chapter 21, statutory construction. 21.1, application. In the construction of all statutes, the following rules shall be observed. Unless such construction would be inconsistent with the manifest intent of the legislature or repugnant to the context of the same statute. It doesn't say that it applies to anyone. I mean, this is all of this rules, regulations, ordinances, legislative decree, whatever they are, are simply for state created entities. And this is why I believe all of these courts are essentially operating in uh, intellectual property. And I believe that, uh, and best I can tell, everybody is using intellectual property of the state if they're using the all capital letters name and the date of birth. All of your correspondence with the cities, towns, all these permits, all these court paperwork all have a capital name 
a capital letter name, all caps. I've name. seen it. I've seen times where that's not true. Okay, but uh, that's fine. I have yet to see a document come from uh, the court recently or anywhere mm-hmm. that has a name upper and lower case. And even if you do a little research on yourself, you go to the town hall and you ask for a certificate of live birth mm-hmm. where you were mm-hmm. born, and you say, "I want my certificate of live birth." And they will produce a document that will show your name and uh, make sure it says certificate of live birth. Okay. Uh, they will produce a document that says the name upper and lower case. So the first letter is uppercase and the rest is lowercase. Then you ask them for a birth certificate. And, uh, the, and the way you get the birth certificate from the people at the town hall, uh, the clerk's office, if you just walk in there and say, I want my birth certificate for me and they know it's you, you're saying that you, all, you want yours, they're going to give you the certificate of live birth. If you walk in there and say, hey, I want my friend's birth certificate or my mm-hmm. wife's birth certificate or so-and-so's birth certificate, oh, it's not it's not you? They're going to actually give you the birth certificate, not the certificate of live birth. And the Have birth, you tried this? Yes. So, so I've actually gotten both of these. Mm-hmm. So the birth certificate has the name in all capital letters. Hmm. And, and, and it's on different paper. It's like a different format uh, than the certificate of live birth. The certificate of live birth will say state of whatever – Bureau of Vital Statistics Certificate of Live Birth, mm-hmm. and um, so there's uh, there's there's. But two what does that docu- actually mean? I mean, uh, there's I've heard these theories for two decades now, where there's supposed to be the straw man, and the straw man is the all capital letters, and that's not really you. It's this legal fiction that the state has created in order to sell a bond on some mystical bond market sure. in London, yep. and then they're going to that money somehow funds the government and there's like this there's this wild conspiracy theory out there surrounding this people have tried to use this theory in court by doing things like I am not that man when they call yep. the name in court I am not that man Yeah I've that said is... that before I'm not that entity Right but they still um, put you in jail Uh no not right? me No No I the, the last time I was in court uh-huh. was in 2013 Yeah and uh, they they called the name, and I said, I'm not that entity. That's a dead entity. It's a name on a piece of paper. Uh, I I don't have a date of birth. I'm not a Gregorian. I don't. Uh, I'm. I tell them I'm not a Christian. You know, I don't have anything. No, I. I mean, I'm not a Catholic, mm-hmm. but I'm not a Gregorian. It just it, everybody should just internet search Gregorian calendar. Wikipedia talks about how the Gregorian calendar, the Gregorian timeline, was created in 1543 by Pope Gregory the mm-hmm. Fifteenth, and it was implemented. Uh, in the West, in the West, it says, which would be, you know, the colonies essentially at the time uh, in 1750. This is why, like Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, you'll learn and, and you know, George Washington have different birth born days or birthdays. So like Thomas Jefferson liked to reference the Julian calendar, Julian timeline. And he said he was not a Gre- Gregorian and he did not want a birth date or a date of birth. He wanted it's Julian born day on his headstone. For example, mm-hmm. but what it comes down, but what did that what do I in found, court? Well, uh, so what did that do in court? When you reject that you have a date of birth and you refuse to say I am this date of birth, and you tell them that you're here to, you know, clear up a mistake that you're not that entity and you don't have a date of birth, which is what I have done several times. Mm-hmm. I don't have a date of birth. I don't. I don't participate. In that. I'm not a part of that religious cult that uses this date of birth, and they essentially have no jurisdiction over you. Based, I can tell the cases get dismissed and they'll haul you in for a psychiatric evaluation to hold you in a cell till the end of the day. That's what's happened to me. Mm-hmm. And you come back up and it's dismissed because that mm-hmm. date of birth, best I can tell, is an intellectual uh, um, property of somehow it is copyright or something. 
And when we go into these courtrooms, we know you don't have constitutionally secured rights because they ignore them all the time. They tell you if you bring up the Constitution, you're going to be held in contempt, which I've heard multiple times now. Uh, of, well, of if they don't care cases. about the Constitution, why do they care about the date of birth? Why be- do they care because about I believe they see the all date of capital birth. letters? Best I can tell, they see the date of birth as intellectual property. That name in all capital letters is registered with the state as intellectual property of some of, of some type or some format. Um, That's a theory. You can't prove that. Uh, right? it, it, I haven't really been able to prove it. No. Yeah. Um, and but every time that I've gone down that road, it's been dismissed mm. uh, every single time. Uh, even quite simply, one why time. Didn't, okay. So yeah. why didn't your wife do that? Uh, she didn't want to go that route. Okay. Uh, she was not prepared to do that. She, mm-hmm. you know, I've been practicing. It took me a long, a lot of courtroom practice to get to the point to where you can stand there with confidence and be like, that, that's right. not me. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm not that name on a name on a piece of paper that you're referring to. Um, so, uh, but if you look in, I believe it's a government's, uh, English or language stylization manual, uh, and it gets into, um, capital letters, when it when a word is in all capital letters, it is for a corporation or a trust, mm-hmm. and it is very explicit about that. That's where the all caps name comes in. And so, why is it that on all uh, like your tax, all, all the tax paperwork, it's an all capital letters name. Uh, all this court paperwork, it's an all capital letters name. And I've even gone into court and said, "Don't." I said, "You're." I, I would tell them they're. Uh, their their paperwork is incorrect because they have a name in all capital letters. In fact, this is one of the things I'm going to do with the uh, tax collector and a tax assessor. Where'd you get this name from? Mm-hmm. There's this name in all capital letters because the the deed to my house says name upper and lowercase, not in caps. And the lawyer really wanted to write it in caps. He goes, no, don't do that. You write it upper and lowercase. Why would you write it in caps? Mm. I'm, uh, I, I'm not a corporation. He goes, well, it's just the way we do it. Uh-huh. And uh, and and I said, and then I had him write. You know, so the deed says my name. And, and, and it says, uh, I don't even like to call a name, it just says who I am, I'm known as. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it says a spirit-filled man right afterwards. Because I want to be clear. It's amazing that you got that in your deed. That's uh, awesome. Well, and That's also cool. he wanted to write, like, because it's my wife and I in a deed, he wanted to write tenants in common. I'm like, absolutely not. We are not tenants. You know, mm-hmm. j- j- just like uh, Bear Arms was talking about a couple weeks ago that, you know, the reason you're paying property tax and your land got, con- you don't own your land, you know, it's is or is because... It's it's uh, you get you gave it away because you call yourself a tenant or a, or, or a whatever or you know there's all kinds of different languages they use um, mm-hmm. to sort of um, these you know legalese that people don't understand even what's going on which is you know purposeful. Yeah, yeah, I mean it is definitely a system that is designed to confuse, and I I I like these ideas. A lot of these courtroom theories. Uh, anytime I've tried to implement it, you know, I've failed miserably, but the, usually the claim is, well, you just didn't know your material good enough and you got to really practice it and, and all that. But, um, and I really want see... to take it through appeals and, yeah. and, and I really want to see somebody, you know, do this on the record. The problem with a lot of these gurus out there who have these theories, and I'm, I'm not calling you one of these people cause I know you've actually put these things into play. I've seen, I saw you lose your house over, yeah. <laughs> over some of the things yeah. you believed D- didn't work. <laughs> um, right. So these things don't always work. And that's one of the problems with them is they're not able to be consistently applied, at least from what I've seen. But unfortunately, what I've seen is very minimal. Like, for instance, I've seen some of the videos of the Moors. Uh, The Moors are these um, sort of nativist black guys that they they hearken back to the Moorish blacks from, I believe, uh, is it France? 
or Morocco. I think it's Morocco, uh, which okay. is on the other side of Africa from uh, Spain, if I recall yep. correctly. And so the uh, these guys get into court, and they really seem to know their stuff. And they they they're very well researched. They know the history. They know what the you know the court definitions are, and it just doesn't seem like they get anywhere uh, with it. Like they and and maybe they're doing it the wrong way or whatever, right? But at least there's some evidence of them. There's some video of them online. Of course, the video never follows all the way through the procedure. You'll see them make one court appearance, yeah. and then you'll never see the follow-up court appearances where God knows what happened to them mm-hmm. uh, at that point. I remember the we talked about the Moors down in Rhode Island that were traveling up to uh, Maine, and they had a bunch of guns with them. I don't know if you heard about this yeah, case. Yeah, I remember that. This was like two years ago, yep. I think, now at this yep. point. I was out of jail after my arrest by the federal uh, gang for selling Bitcoin without permission, and that's when that story came out, came about. And I, I tried following it in the, uh, the Pacer system just to kind of keep an eye on things, and I don't remember what happened to it but these guys are always filing stuff in court and they don't consent and like a lot of very similar sounding stuff to some of the things that that you talk about but most of the people who advocate these theories they never actually have any real proof of it they just have like general statements of well whenever you put this into place if you do it right then they'll just drop the charges against you so that's why i don't have any proof of this because they just dropped the charges and maybe that's true but at least here in New Hampshire, we do have the ability to put these things into a documentary form. We have the ability to get a video camera into a courtroom. Yeah, We can, you know, anybody can take court paperwork and put that online, and that would be one thing. But there's not even much of that nope. out there from what I've seen. What, what happens, too, with a lot of these guys, so there's a guy people should check out if you're interested in property tax stuff. And uh, if you internet search Steve Emerson. Uh, and he's got a bunch of things on YouTube, but, uh, lately Steve Emerson, Steve Emerson, he kind of went, went dark for a while. Mm -hmm. And I, and I had phone conversations with this guy in 2003, 2002, a few times, so 20 years ago now. And he was telling me a lot of stuff and he was working on some things and he was, and and in his older videos, he told and and things, and he did a lot of these uh, talk shoes. I don't know if you've been on a talk shoe. It's like a conference call. I remember that. Yeah. Horrible audio. But anyways, um, so he would talk about these things, and now a lot of his content. Uh, so he claims that he won a uh, lawsuit against the city of Tampa mm-hmm. and got paid out nearly thirty-eight million dollars. Uh, Let's see the check. And, and everything's in a non-disclosure, so it's oh. like, so it's like, you know, you can't um, even like. Well, How's he even claiming thirty-eight million? Because usually they non-disclose that. Too. Nearly, he says. Uh-huh. Uh, so I know another guy who he was bullhorning in front of the Federal Reserve in Denver, mm-hmm. and they arrested him the federal reserve police and they roughed him up pretty good and and uh he goes all i can say is i got more than nine hundred thousand, but not quite a million mm-hmm. uh and, and that's all he could say about it mm-hmm. and he basically couldn't talk about you know anything you know um, it's interesting uh co-host on free talk live chris wade was wrongfully arrested by the manchester new hampshire police at a dui checkpoint he wasn't going through the checkpoint he was there to record video on feet on foot uh, I witnessed the arrest. I've got video of, of his arrest. Anyway, he was wrongfully arrested. They never uh, convicted him of it. He, he countersued them, and they settled. And part of the settlement process, as usual, they wanted him to agree to a non-disclosure. He refused. And he got the check with the refusal. Oh, cool. So, so a lot of these people, they agree to these deals. Right, they deals, just agree to them. And it's like, you don't have to agree to this. If you have a good case... 
you're going to win. That's why they're settling with you, right? Like, like they don't right. want to go to court when, on this. Like when, when DCYF, uh, you know, Child Protection Services was, you know, calling my wife and I trying to, you know, contract with us, offer mm-hmm. us their service, uh, we, we, we told them no. And one of the reasons we rejected their offer to contract with us is because I did an internet search of NHDCYF settlements, and it's the same thing. So there's like $300 million in settlements that the New York, that the New Hampshire taxpayers have essentially paid out in over mm-hmm. like the past decade, in about the past decade. And for uh, abusing kids and things uh, all like kinds that. of stuff, yeah. horrible things. And actually, you better have a strong stomach if you're going to do that internet mm-hmm. search and start reading these articles of what happened to these, you know, young children, uh, unspeakable things. Uh, anyways, uh, every single um, article referenced, uh, we contacted the uh, family or contacted the victims or the blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. for a comment. And they responded with, well, we can't talk about it. We're under a NDO. Right. Non-disclosure order. So so this is another way that they are keeping all of this stuff very quiet because, of course, uh, they, they're very happy to just settle these things mm-hmm. um, and because it just comes from the taxpayers. Yeah, it's, it's not know, their it's, money. It's, there's no skin off their back. Right. Nobody stays after school for detention that works in the state over these things. And so it, that's why a lot of these people who are success, or who are success, successful and are getting paid, you know, millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. uh, not to talk, uh, uh, you know, just just take the settlement because they're just exhausted, beat down. It's all they want. Anyways, Mike Gill is another example. He wouldn't take their 50 million dollar settlement that the state of New Hampshire offered him because he has all of this, you know, evidence of corruption and brought it through because there was a non-disclosure. And he was quoted as saying, Good. no, I need to talk to people about this. It went to court and he was totally railroaded. Damn. And, uh, you know, he lost in court. Uh, wow. you know, this was a few years ago now. Uh, but, yeah, he was offered $50 million by the state of New Hampshire. And he, he got the offer, like an actual paper copy of it that he, you know, shows a shows mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in like uh, any, any references and he talks about. And I guess it's even a. You know, a document you can see somehow at state of nhstateofcorruption.com, I believe, is the website. Um, but, yeah, that's just an example there. They offered him $50 million for his for uh-huh. his silence, and he refused to be silent. Let's go to the phones here. we got Dodger on the line in Michigan. Dodger, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Jay. Uh, yes. Um, you know, it, it kind of hit home a little bit when uh, Jay was talking about anytime you get an official court document that everything is in caps. I actually just got summoned for jury duty. Never mm-hmm. thought it would happen in my life. Huh. Cool. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, when I was uh, telling uh, my helper about it, uh, my employee, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I can give you a list of reasons that you can get out of it. And I'm like, I kind of uh want to do it i mean it kind of sucks because i'm not going to make any money doing it and uh you know i i'm probably worth a good 350 dollars a day um and they're not going to pay me that but uh i i know it's probably coming up close on the break um but uh so you want to get out uh, you want to get out of jury duty is what you're saying oh heck no no you don't okay no, I, I well, I, I don't know exactly what the case is about and, mm-hmm. until I get there. Okay. Um, no, I, I firmly believe in jury nullification. Oh, okay, so great. If it's, if it's uh, kind of one of those uh, cases where, like, a dude had 
you know, some substances or mm-hmm. uh, he happened. Or no victim, like, no crime. Uh, exactly. Um, well, good on you. Know, you. I, and you got to keep so, that quiet from uh, from what I understand. They're going to try to suss out from the yeah, jury and, and, questionnaire if you are a you know, potentially knowledgeable juror. Uh, Dodger, I don't know if you have more to say about it. If so, you can hang on. We can talk about jury nullification a little bit here. Uh, in moments, also, you know, esoteric courtroom theories and approaches, definitions of words like person. What does it actually mean? Uh, I've got the definition pulled up here, and turns out there's a circular thing going on. We'll talk about that. Uh, you can bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian and Jay. And you can join us online. Just head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have there for you. And uh, please, they're free at freetalklive.com. Also, it's thanks to listeners like Word Wordus, who is a gold-level supporter of our AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It is a way for you to get behind what we do here on Free Talk Live. In his case, Word Wordus's case, he's doing gold-level, which means 10 bucks a month. We only ask for 5 so he's doing twice what we have requested uh, to help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. So if you appreciate the work that we do here and the message of peace and liberty and freedom that we're spreading on the air, then please, you can go to amps.freetalklive.com, as Word Wordus has done, and get signed up there and get some cool perks, get some benefits uh, for doing that as well. We certainly appreciate it. And once again, that's amps, amps.freetalklive.com. We go back to Dodger in Michigan. You're talking about possibly getting on a jury, Dodger. You are an advocate of jury nullification. And if the court, of course, finds out that you're an advocate of jury nullification, they are going to stop you uh, from getting on that jury because they don't want people that understand that you have a right to judge the law itself, that you have a right to have an opinion about the law and have that affect your guilty or not guilty verdict. So you gave the example of if this case, and you don't know what it's going to be yet, but if this case happens to be somebody convicted or or not convicted, but somebody uh, accused of selling drugs, which is a completely voluntary, peaceful act, you know, as long as there's not like violence associated with it, they're just selling drugs to people or whatever, you could vo- you could vote not guilty as a juror, even if they got the guy got caught red-handed in the midst of a sale, even if they have you know all the evidence that shows he was selling drugs without a you know beyond a reasonable doubt, you can still say not guilty, and that's what jury nullification is. Uh, uh, yes, sir, and yeah. um, you know uh, <laughs> I obviously don't want them know, <laughs> to know that, so it's probably not a very good idea for me to go on nationally syndicated radio and and mention that I actually got, you know, but I, I just never thought that it would happen to me in my life that like all of a sudden I'd get jury duty. And then mm-hmm. it just happened to me this past week. Um, I, I, I also uh, uh, do, uh, do want to reach out to uh, uh, Jay Noon and he's right uh, here. Jay. Yep. Oh uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, that that's part of the reason I, I'm calling is because uh, as somebody that's a tradesman, um, I really uh, understand and respect everything that you're trying to to do 
Uh, I mean, uh, there are women in, in the trades, but it is uh, vastly men, and I just kind of feel like there's been a demasculation of men in recent, uh, at least since I, I'm 40 uh, on the money, you know, I'm 40 years old, and I've just watched it happen growing up. Yeah, you like so, your grandpa was really tough. Like, your grandpa right now, if he's still alive, is probably tougher, you know, or your dad anyways, is probably tougher than, you know, most 20-year-olds today. (laughs) I I don't have a living grandparent, and uh, my dad unfortunately passed in 2020, but I can tell you that he lost his left arm and still did more work after he lost his left arm than a lot of people today can do with two good arms. And and you're you're exactly right. Uh, uh, mankind, men, uh, especially, have been demasc- demasculated, demasc- eh, however you say that. Uh, and I believe a lot of it has to do, especially with the people under thirty, is that during their brain developmental years, they got you know the part of the brain that got excited was the addiction part of the brain by the internet devices, and it's going to get uh, actually a little worse, I think, before it gets better because you know high speed internet you know, 20 years ago only really worked in the cities. Now it works everywhere. And it's such a convenient pacifier and babysitter. And uh, I can tell you uh, when I do the uh, man camp uh, blacksmithing with the kids or do any kind of farm work with the kids, we've got a whole homeschool co-op. And um, there's a couple of kids that have come to the co-op that, you know, I definitely have noticed they use internet devices. And I've said to the parents, oh, you, you let these kids use some internet devices, huh? And they're like, yeah. I'm like that's really bad. You got to stop that. And and and, um, and and the kids that haven't been using any internet devices. I mean, one of the uh, you know fam actually three or four of the families that often come to our homeschool co- co-op, their parents are like computer type internet you know gurus, and that's what they do for work. And they are they are like you know my kid's five, he's still not getting on the internet. My kid's seven, they're not using the internet. And uh, and these well, kids that aren't using the internet uh, are like really just thirsty and hungry to do like some man camp to man work they're they're they're, they want to you know clean the pig pen they want to you know shovel some some grain or do whatever they just they want to drive the tractor they're very interested in this kind of stuff and it and a lot of the kids that have you know earned that gotten that free dopamine hit from the internet device that's really what they're interested in the internet device well, uh, regarding what I do, my dopamine hit is uh, really when I can when I walk into a homeowner's home and they're like, "Yeah, this is outdated. This is old. Yeah, you know." And I can use my hands. I can bust my tail. I can get it done and hand it back to them all new and updated and beautiful. I cannot wait to get to New Hampshire and actually, uh, you know, talk to people like you that actually want to do this because uh, here in Michigan, it's it's just a bunch of snowflakes. Wow. Like, Pretty much. I mean, uh, th- th- even the homeowners, like, they, they ex- I, I don't know how to explain it, but... I mean, it's it's an environment I don't want to be in yep. anymore. Get out of there. That's that so, sounds like uh, a good plan. It, 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 at either rate, um, any uh, advice from either of you? Because I heard Jay Noonan, and uh, you know, I'm looking at this jury summons, 
And I think that these are the best two people to talk to when talking about that. So, uh, uh, Ian and Jay Noon. So I got something for you. If you really want to be on a jury, um, you could be a little sneaky and you could just raise your hand and be like, I would like to get excused from the jury. And they're going to say, why? You say, well, I am a professional gamer and I have a game. uh, I don't even know what these like playing video games. I have a competition Mm -hmm. coming up and I need to be able to focus and play, you know, I don't know. Was it? Uh, was well, it hold on, before you before you go on here, Dodger, I'm, I'm curious what the point is of this approach to saying you're a professional uh, gamer. What, oh, so what just telling it? them some like nonsense thing is why you want to get out of jury duty, and they're going to be more like, no, you stay. You here. have to stay. Okay. You got to stay. Just, a little reverse psychology. Some, yeah, just come up with some kind of garbage. And actually, I I think I saw this in, in a movie or you something. You definitely don't or, want to lie to the court, though. Well, so, if, you know, if, if you're uh, like, you know, I want to stay home and play video games. I don't want to. I don't want to do jury duty. Yeah. You know, I got video games to play, <laughs> and um, you know, and you know, this, or you know. Whatever. I mean, don't say I want to do drugs or drink alcohol, but yeah, you might, yeah. you know, video games. What, I want. What, I want to play. What, what, yeah. what, what, what if I just say I'm missing out on three hundred and fifty dollars a day every time, every day I'm here? That's a legitimate thing to yep. say. It's a true statement, and they won't give a damn about it. But yeah, that's an interesting idea. Here's what I would suggest: uh, is check out the fully informed jury association. As I recall. They And it's been a while since I've been to their website or reviewed their materials because we ended up making our own flyers here in New Hampshire. We don't use Fiji's flyers. We use specific New Hampshire jury flyers that are tailored for the New Hampshire jury experience. So it's been a while, but as I recall, they have like a frequently asked questions of, I'm called for jury duty. What do I do? And what they, if I recall, they recommend is like some jury questionnaires, they're probably not all the same. So jury questionnaire in Michigan may not be exactly the same as one in Florida or wherever. So some of these questionnaires will ask you questions about like, what are you a member of? Like what sort of groups are you a member of? So for instance, if you're a member of the Libertarian Party and you write that down, they're going to throw you right (laughs) off that jury, right? So they suggested that uh, if I recall correctly, FIJA, the Fully Informed Jury Association, suggests that you temporarily resign from any questionable memberships like that. So you contact the Libertarian Party in advance of filling this form out and say you would like to resign temporarily from the party or whatever you know, for, a, for three months or however long you think this thing could possibly last. And that way, when you fill out the form saying, I'm not a member of... I don't have any groups to write down because I'm not a member of anything right now. Uh, that's not a lie. You are not a member of those groups, I guess. Now, look, this is not legal advice. This is just my recollection from what full, fully informed jury association well, said. I, I mean, fortunately, I'm, I'm I don't tend to join groups. All right, well, then I you're am. you're good to go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I would still check in with them anyway. Project, I, I would still check their website and see if they have any uh, suggestions because they do have you know lawyers and they may have some actual uh, legal advice. I don't know, but it might be worth a look. Good luck, Dodger. Let us know how it goes, will you? Uh, yes, sir. All right, man. Thanks for the call tonight. Let's go to Press NH now. His name uh, is Mark. We were talking about him in detail earlier where he has been charged with a total BS uh, charge for essentially not getting out of the car fast enough. Now they're threatening him over simply posting a video on his YouTube channel, which is Press NH Now, from 
police body cameras. They're claiming that police body cam footage belongs to law enforcement, that it is not supposed to be viewed uh, viewed by the public, that it shouldn't be shared, it shouldn't be copied, it shouldn't even be displayed, according to their precious statutes. Welcome, uh, Press NH Now. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Welcome, sir. What's on your mind? Um, nothing much. I uh, overheard you talking earlier. I was a little busy. Um, but yeah, I would, I'd like to chime in on a little bit uh, what you're speaking of. Please. Um, it, it's frivolous. The prosecution's frivolous. Um, it, it's malicious. It's um, it, it's way out of character. You know, it, it's just. Uh, I think it's totally within character. This is completely well, what, what I, I would expect yeah, from that, them. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. It, it's within <laughs> character, especially with you know the the court system, um, which yeah. I don't trust at all. Um, you know, I got, I guess, somewhat lucky over in Charlestown, as I know you were speaking of also, which I also have a additional charge on over here in Hillsborough, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not afraid to fight that just like I did in Charlestown. Um, it's, uh, you know, I have court, uh, coming up. They just, uh, they gave, they want to file a restraining order now for these body cams, um, that I've produced to the public, which is, um, should be your right because... to do as Jay was it's pointing cool. out here tonight. It is taxpayer money that is paying for these body cameras but they're trying to say we aren't allowed to see the cameras we're not allowed or the it's footage it's my evidence it's my evidence right. i can do what i want with it you would think you know i'm curious yeah, when well, you when they gave you the discovery you apparently had to log into some website or whatever in order yeah. to download these files did yep. it say something like Thou shalt not distribute nope. these files. Nope. Did you have to sign some sort of agreement or something like that? Nope. Nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you asked that because I was actually double-checking myself after I got the restraining order notice. Um, there's nothing stating that uh, it can't copy, download, edit, mm-hmm. uh, share, publish, anything. Um, you know, I mean, it's all right. Uh, what what I, my big question is, is where's the transparency? What are they so afraid of? Why do they need a restraining order? Who are they protecting? Right. Right. It's, you know, it's, um, it's the same exact thing with these politicians who want to take your guns away. The reason they want to take them away cool. is because they want to implement such tyrannical stuff that it'll <laughs> that people will need to use their guns to, you know, defend themselves against these it's, against this tyranny. So it's uh they do not want transparency. And, nope. uh, you know, all the stuff they're referencing, I don't know if you've listened to what I said before, but, you know, that applies to they, them, and those. That applies to the public servants. Yeah. That applies to, yep. you know, the state the state employees. That applies to the state. That doesn't apply yep. to living, breathing men. Yeah, and, and uh, so in the restraining order, it states, it, it quotes the body cam footage um, statute, and it applies to law enforcement. Um, you know, I've asked several questions. I've looked into detail um and and to be quite honest what's even funnier is that even if the order is granted for the restraining order and that i have ordered to take these videos down they're shared by three four five different (laughs) other channels on youtube already anyway Mm -hmm. i hope they're on like gonna do lbry and bit shooting stuff are they going to tell them and order them to court to to file a restraining order on them to take the videos down because they're already shared? Great it's question. I don't it's imagine they're going to be able to extradite people from other states because I I suspect no. these other channels they're not located in New Hampshire. They're nope, they're not. Yeah. Nope, one's in Canada. Another one is uh, across uh, on the western border. Um, there's a couple different channels that have shared my video with the body cam. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, that's another defense. You know, I have uh, for this objection I'm writing up. Uh, I'm ready for them. This and, is insane. Um, be... uh, and, it and, is. You know, you it see is. these body cameras being released by departments all over the place in certain incidents. And, of course, the yeah. mainstream media runs with these. They put, they put them online. We were just talking about this guy down in uh, down south. I forget which state it was, but this band director uh, who was uh, it was Alabama. It was Birmingham, Alabama. It was at a high school. Sure. The police. I dis- just did that. Yeah. The, the police uh, targeted this guy. They had finished up a high school football game. This guy's directing band. The, the band. band. 18 minutes yeah. after the, the game had ended, the police are going through the stadium trying to force mm-hmm. people to leave. They order this guy to stop playing. You know, stop the <laughs> band from playing its final song. He's like, they're on their last song. We got one minute left. What's the big deal here? Leave me alone. And the cops tase yep. him three times uh, as yep. they're arresting him. I mean, and, and, and that's that on body, body footage. Body cam that footage. body cam footage was dated. If you look in the top right corner, it says nine fourteen. That was just last week. Yeah. Yeah, that camera I mean, footage came out. It's all over the media. People are copying it all over the place. So I have to wonder, where did these statutes come from that the New Hampshire legislature passed that are prohibiting, quote, all persons from distributing this footage, from copying, from editing, from displaying? I mean, these are some absolutely ridiculous restrictions against people. And so, there's no penalties. If you look on the statute for the body camera, I think it's 105. Um, well, there it, will be just, if the judge issues an order against you, then it would be contempt of court, right? Well, if you think if you look at the restraining order, um, the rules of the restraint of a temporary restraining order, um, there has to be either some sort of injunction um, or some sort of, uh, you know, safety or injury hmm. um, or something. And there's nothing. There's no they're not meeting any. of. Well, those they're not guidelines. looking for a restraining order. They're looking for a, quote, protective order. Yeah, they're so calling it a restraining order. They it, need it's, protection, it's restra- apparently, from your freedom of speech. From who? Yeah, from, from who? From what? They want protection from transparency. So, <laughs> right. So, so here's the so here's the thing. Um, uh, you're probably from. I'm sure you're familiar with the Simon Glick decision, uh, where where the court said that this is out of the First Circuit Appeals Court in yeah, Boston. Public servants have no expectation of privacy. So. Yep. Now, now there is nobody in this body camera, in this body cam footage, that is claiming that their privacy is being violated. So a lot of the things with... No. So this particular legislation, we were talking about it at one of our um, courtroom story hours a couple months ago, mm-hmm. uh, sort of, uh, you know, at, after we were done with things. And they were talking about the reason that they made it so you couldn't share and duplicate it, or police officers couldn't, is because what would happen is... Um, they were saying that uh, poli- there was a case where some cops released the footage or showed the footage to somebody else or something, mm-hmm. and yep. it was and it like made some people look really bad. It was taken out of context, and there was a particular um, issue where this had happened in New Hampshire. I forget the exact. Um, uh, and in fact, uh, our, our, our friend, um, Steve Z would know more about this. He was the one mm-hmm. telling me the story and with all the details, but that this is why they did that because the. Uh, there was somebody who was like an innocent individual or who was like maybe kind of na- it was like an embarrassing thing that happened to somebody who was sort of caught on this video. Uh, yeah, but I need to redact that information or, or blur it out, you know, right. Um, if right. You look on the body cam footage, they blurred out the fact that they went to the restricted area in the police department. Um, but I believe that out. is the intent of the legislature was to 
so if there was like some private like you know embarrassing things for people mm-hmm. and but if that's on a, if the cops being embarrassed he doesn't have that immunity he doesn't have that privacy because mm-hmm. he's a public servant he has no yeah. expectation of privacy so so yeah, part well, you can't pull you can't pull body cam footage in as a FOIA request in New Hampshire unless there's certain aspects that you can only pull it as if if it's for evidence for your case or uh, if you look at the statute, it also says um, if there's uh, a complaint for uh, excessive force um, and, and stuff like that. Other than that, you're not allowed to get body cam footage at all. Yeah, I think that's um, something that needs to change. It needs to be opened up. Oh, yeah, up. no, I'm going to definitely work on this. I think all know, those cameras case. should be live streamed uh, mm. all the time, constantly. Um, just like, you know, if you're going to have a public school, there should be a camera facing the chalkboard being live streamed that anybody could look at. You know, not facing yep. the students. Yeah, for unfortunately, part of this this uh, statute is all of the times it lists all of the times when officers are not supposed to be recording. So they are actually specifically only supposed to turn these cameras on when they are going to a specific call, and they're authorized to turn the camera off if they're communicating with other law enforcement. In fact, this happens yep. in your uh, footage that you posted yep. on your YouTube yep. channel, Press NH Now. Where there's a scene where the two cops are talking to one another and the cop mutes the audio. So the camera's mm-hmm. actually still going, but the yep. audio is blocked. So if there's somebody who can read lips, you might be able to figure out what the other cop's saying. Yeah, I might I might look into that. Actually. I'm curious to see what they said. It may even help in my defense. Yeah. Um, the other thing I noticed is that um, when I was taken out of the vehicle at the station, uh, the guy came out of the vehicle uh, that I was in, and he said to the other officer, he said, hey, I'm still hot. And that is implying that he's still running mm-hmm. his body camera uh, to be careful with what you say and, right. and to be unnoticed, you know, um, for anything that they shouldn't or should not be saying. Because um, there are another. things that they uh, will say if they think they're behind closed doors, if they think no one is listening, that could be very mm-hmm. revealing. It reminds me of a time when Pete Ayer uh, one of the founders of Cop Block was under arrest. I don't remember where. It wasn't in New Hampshire. It was somewhere else in the United States. But he was under arrest. They put him in the back of a cruiser. But the camera that he had on him or something was still running. Or they they confiscated. I, I think I know what it was. They confiscated in the his. Or? Hmm? In the vehicle or on his person? So I think he was recording okay. when they were arresting him. They confiscated his camera but they didn't turn it off. They forgot to turn uh, off the recording, and then they yeah. went into their cruiser without him. He was in a different cruiser, I think. And then they concocted a plan to trump up charges against him openly, just talking about it, not knowing they were being recorded, and he ended up getting that recording. Uh, I don't remember what happened in the case, but it was like, wow, this is what really goes on behind closed doors when they think no one is listening. They literally talk about just cooking up charges to charge people. Well, in Baltimore, the police were actually carrying toy guns. And they would, mm-hmm. and and the purpose of carrying a toy gun was in case you shot a kid, you would just plant the gun plant on the, the kid. Gun. And this was part of the operation procedure, standard operation procedures, a few years ago. We talked about this on Free Talk Live a few times, and yeah, because they're just, you know, <laughs> they're just a, it's a, they're a mafia gang. Uh, there's a mm-hmm. video um, that, that actually Bo Davis put together years ago when I got evicted from my house, and you guys went down to Palmer, Mass. And you are in a town hall, and you ask one of the cops, "How how how does it feel to be 
a member of the the gang that has the exclusive monopoly on violence or something like that. Hmm. And this this fat cop, Ray Tenzar, the guy that arrested you, yep. that the town gave you $5,000 not to sue <laughs> him. Right. Please don't sue us for this wrongful <laughs> arrest. Uh, and anyways, when uh, you ask him how, how he likes being a, a gang member, uh, he just couldn't help... But smile yeah, like right. literally somebody was tickling him or, you know, he, he, but you, that just he just got he so much truth. joy out of that. He yeah. knew the truth. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that is like classic right there. But, you know, that, yeah. that's what happens. It's uh, it's yeah, right I mean, for predators. I brought, up, I brought up the Constitution. You know, I sometimes I'll ask, you know, what are the five elements of the, uh, the First Amendment? And is this just crickets? Um, they have mm-hmm. no idea. They just don't want to speak on it because now you're calling them out on something that they should know and they don't. And it just. It just shows, you know, it proves your point um, that they don't even know what they're upholding. And it's just a job to them and, and control. And um, it, it's crazy, you know. Um, and that's exactly what's going on over here in Hillsborough. And um, I'm going to take care of them just like I did in Charlestown. And uh, I am speaking about my uh, to my lawyer uh, about a possible lawsuit. Um, Good, yeah. I know I, I know. I did hear you over, over talking about that a little bit ago. Uh, it I, can't I hurt. I mean, you you whooped no. them in uh, Charlestown last year, yep. and you're about to do the same thing again because right, essentially, yeah, Hillsborough is coming at you with the same charges because they're trying to. Char- they arrested him again, Jay. We didn't even mention this earlier. They arrested him a second yep. time, like a few, like two weeks later, because yeah, some of his weeks, yeah. co- some of his viewers called the police up and complained about the the corruption in Hillsborough Police, and now he's been charged for that. There's more coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program. It's Ian and Jay here tonight. The number, if you want to join us, is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Join us online, of course, at freetalklive.com. And enjoy the features we have waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. We have our own social media platform at social.freetalklive.com. And that is where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and hosts of the show. In fact, the main Free Talk Live website has been changed recently, like a total change. Uh, We haven't really announced that yet. Just kind of been a soft launch, I guess you could say. So if you haven't been to freetalklive.com in the last week, you should probably go and check it out. And uh, you can leave some feedback, I think, and let us know what you think. There's definitely some bugs that uh, probably need to get fixed. As we de- uh, as we detect detect them, uh, but see it for yourself over at freetalklive.com. We're going to go back to your calls and thoughts. We have Press NH now with us. Uh, we've been talking mostly about his situation that uh, is developing here in New Hampshire with the Hillsborough Police Department, which is a small town, pretty much next door to where you live, Jay. Yeah, uh, Hillsborough. The only good thing in Hillsborough that I've ever seen is Taco Biondo, which is an absolutely fantastic uh, taco place. But the police are notoriously corrupt there. Uh, they like to go and scope out parking lots and run uh, run people's plates in order to find people that have warrants and, and things like that. In this case, I think, were, didn't they scope you out in a parking lot as well before they pulled you over? They did. They did, actually. Um, so in the report, it actually says that they were checking out the, um, they were doing like a, as they call it, like a business check or parking lot check uh, for, you know, broken in vehicles. Uh, so, yeah, I was at the Henneker parking ride, and they circled around me while I was doing a child exchange custody ah, with my okay. ex-wife. 
Um, and yeah, um, they ran my plate and, um, I saw another officer as I left and that's when they attacked. And they Um, apparently attacked you because some, they, you know, ran your plate, which means dispatch ran the plate and got back to them and said, there's a protective order or a restraining order in place on this guy. And they didn't find, they didn't detect that that restraining order had been removed seven months prior and they didn't yeah. bother to look when you encouraged them. You told them when you got pulled over, just here, I'll give you my ID. You can go check yep. it out before you do something stupid like arrest me wrongfully. Yeah. Your girlfriend told them the exact same thing, and she was the person who had pulled that restraining order um, yep. some time ago, and you guys had a, yeah. a minor disagreement. It was four days. It was four days, uh, it was four days after the initial complaint um, that you know was filed, and it was just a verbal dispute right um and, it and you guys are on good terms more. now that's why oh, she yeah, was in no, the car on, with you yeah at of the course, time of course we've been on great terms yeah. um about to have my baby and you know everything else and um but the but the, none of that the, mattered to these cops they didn't care about no. what she actually said the, all no. they cared about was what they thought which was yeah. misinformation from dispatch yeah. about this thing and they arrested you because yeah. you didn't get out of the car fast enough why didn't you get out of the car fast enough Press you know, um, he was asking me for my he was asking me for my identification. Um, I was trying to explain to him obviously about the protection order and it wasn't in place. It's a double check, and that's when I went to give him my identification after he asked me to step out of the vehicle. And I was trying to de-escalate the situation mm-hmm. um, by doing so uh, by complying, which is what we're supposed to do by law when we're pulled over. Um, you know, and he didn't want to hear it, and he kept saying, "Get out of the car! Get out of the car!" and and he you were you were like, and this is in the v- video, by the way, that you can still access at the Press NH Now YouTube channel. There's also yep. an article up at freekeen.com, at least until there's more severe threats brought against you. I don't think you're going to pull that down immediately. There's a court hearing in regards no. to that. We'll talk about that coming up. I don't think up. I will at all, actually. Okay, I I was, think, that's um, a good question. I, think, I was going to ask you that question, but, but I, I want to get to I want to get to that part. So... <laughs> So you, this cop is telling you to get out of the car, and you're like, wait a minute, here, let me give you my ID. You can run this yep. thing, and it'll show you that there's no restraining order in place, and he just didn't yeah. care about that. No, and I was trying to, I was actually trying to uh, resist them from charging me with a possible disobeying a police officer because I know the law. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, if you don't provide your identification or registration, um, you can be arrested for disobeying. And that's not an easy charge to get away with, uh, especially when you're pulled over with a possible violation. Um, you know, but they, to go back a little bit, they are what they're supposed to do with procedure, uh, which they actually, they're, they're actually failing to give me in discovery is policies and procedures, um, which I'm, I'm putting an objection into that, uh, in a motion, um, to have the court order the judge to give me those documents because mm-hmm. I believe that in there is my evidence um you know that that they didn't proceed with and one of those what you mean by that is let me follow make sure i'm following you here you're saying that they have certain things they're supposed to do they their police procedures should include that if it's alleged that there's a restraining order against somebody that they should actually Mm -hmm. look at it first and see if that's true is that right well so the the big problem here is is that when when they run a plate and uh the first thing that comes up if there is a protection order in place at all, if there ever was one, um, there are still conditions. Um, it, just one of those conditions is, is not a no contact order has been removed. Um, they don't see that. They see the initial order. 
that there is one in place with the descriptors of both parties. Mm-hmm. And the, the name came back as both parties. And with a female in the vehicle, they pulled me over. But what they're supposed to do with procedure is do what's called a fax back. And a fax back is they, uh, they, they fax a number to get the actual order, the updated order from the, either the courts or the state police and CIC. Mm-hmm. And then they get it back within minutes, maybe a couple minutes. They have a fax machine in the vehicle or at dispatch, and they read off the order and they say, look, it's not active. You're on your way. And they didn't do that. They stripped me out of my vehicle. They put me in cuffs. They arrested me for disobeying. Well, they must have done it at some point, right? Because they ended they up not it. charging you with the charge of violating the restraining order. I knew I, knew I wasn't going to get charged with it because mm-hmm. I knew for a fact that it wasn't in place. Right. Um, I was just waiting for them to confirm that, which they should have done on the side of the road. They instead arrested me for disobeying. And then later on during my um, booking, um, they they finally got the facts back, mm-hmm. um, which was over an hour later. Wow. And they never charged me with it. And then a week later, they charged me with uh, resisting detention. Um, and I think the real reason why... And they this is a misdemeanor, disobeying. by the way, resisting detention? It is, yeah. Is it a Class yeah. A misdemeanor or Class um, B? Do you know? I think it's... A, I'm, I'm not 100%. I don't want to mm-hmm. misquote it. I'm not 100% right now. Um, I I haven't looked. The reason I ask for our listeners that may not understand the difference in New Hampshire, (laughs) if you get charged with a Class A misdemeanor, you face up to a year in jail, and therefore you can have a jury trial if you so decide. In fact, Jay Noon is going through that procedure now, where he and his wife went to a bench trial. They lost at the bench trial, and they get to do what they call a de novo appeal or a from-the-beginning appeal where basically the judge issues the sentence, and then it immediately gets kicked up to superior court, and it starts all mm-hmm. over again, uh, actually with different prosecutors, as I understand it. This, uh, yep. this next time for you, Jay, it's going to be the county Correct. prosecuting you instead of huh. the, uh, the whoever the hell it was the first the time. City. The city. So yep. that may be an option for you if they end up charging you Class A. Of course, a lot of the yep. times they'll charge Class A initially, and then they'll reduce it to a Class yep. B once Class they realize B. Yep. you're going to go to trial, and they don't yep. want to give you a jury. Yeah, and they didn't even give me a plea deal. Uh, I even asked, the, attorney, the the prosecutor on my arraignment didn't even show up. That's right. Imagine yeah, I was there that. for that. Yeah, he showed yeah, a motion to dismiss. Yeah, he didn't. He, I did put in a motion to dismiss, okay. and they didn't even—they didn't even listen to it. They didn't—they just said, "Do you want a pretrial conference or do you want a, a trial?" And yeah. I said, "A up pretrial for a trial. Tra- conference is just another wasted day in court. I mean, there's no point in going well, to a pretrial conference." A, yeah, it's, a, it's just another option to either plea out or yeah, that's all it is. It's just another it, chance for them it. to negotiate. Yeah, with there's you. a lot of things yeah. you need to do before there's a trial. For first off, you need to, you know, have a motion to. To um, challenge, to, to, to basically challenging the jurisdiction of the court, uh, a motion mm-hmm. to dismiss hearing, you know, uh, you got to have, um, you know, there, 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 there's a whole bunch of things, you know, that really need to be done. And they're going to be very difficult about allowing, allowing these things to happen because they just want to, you know, ramrod you through. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah and they, well, the, the big problem, I think, not in not only in just New Hampshire alone, and I think we all can agree, is that too many people plea out. Oh yeah, people back down and they take the they take the rap and they they just don't want the problems. And what they don't yeah. understand is that causes them more problems down the road and they sure lose does. and the government wins. And yeah. I say if only 20 percent of people took anything to trial, 
um, they would be bombarded. They yeah, would it, it, you don't need 20%. Yeah, 5%, 5% would be a huge 5%. change. And, and I'm talking yeah. about everything. Speeding tickets, yeah, uh, everything. parking tickets, anything they come at you with, you take that thing to trial. And that's how we do it out here in the Keene area. That's what we've been doing. Bonnie took some parking ticket, uh, parking ticket trial. She won! That case was dismissed. And I lost. Apparently I lost, but... Oh, no, I mean, what happened? Where was this? It was it, this was over in uh, it, this was over in Newport um, uh, from the state police. Uh, it was actually back in the Charlestown days um, when they when they popped my tires. What was there. it? What, a parking and, ticket? Yeah, no, it was a speeding ticket. Oh, speeding. Uh, coming back uh, on. Oh, Dark you should have let highway. us know, dude. We would have gone out and recorded uh, it. Ah, uh, that was two two and a half years. That was like that was right when I got arrested for the Charlestown case. Um, that was around. Wow, the same you time. didn't? They they um, held a speeding ticket trial two years before they actually went to oh, trial. Just about. Yeah, yeah, Crazy. and I lost, and which is fine. Um, it is what it is. I still fought it. Um, I actually had to put a continuance in for it uh, because I had my arraignment. Imagine that. Wow. Um, <laughs> Man, so, you got a lot going on all at once. People can follow your oh, channel yeah. on YouTube. It's Press NH Now. The video is there, and you just said a moment ago that you're thinking not about moving, not guys. taking it down, even if nope. a judge they orders you? In, they can hold me in contempt for as long as they need to. Okay. You should you should I, interesting. I think, you shouldn't say like you're okay with that. You should rephrase it and be like if they hold me in contempt, I require a million dollars per hour or something. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not yeah. you, you, don't just roll over these guys and say it's okay for them to do anything. You know, you're you oh, you well, are valuable not. and and your time actually is going to be extremely valuable. Uh, congratulations well, all the way. You got a baby on the way. Okay. And I you do. need to prepare for that. Day. Your time is uh, yeah. valuable, and you need to let them know. I think you need to send them a fee schedule. I'll actually send you a copy of a fee schedule that I sent uh, sent out to the okay. state a, a while ago. I just actually sent you a uh, thing on a, a direct message, you a, a, a link, and I'd like you to go read that affidavit on on, on that link. Um, okay. Beca- because you you have a you have an audience, and you can expand your audience a little more. Um, uh, by doing this and you can and what i would do if i was you i would use my uh youtube uh reach out and i would say hey okay. uh you know people who are forced to pay taxes in new hampshire uh this police officer this uh this police department and this court are uh creating a massive liability for the taxpayers yep. and it's yep. all new hampshire taxpayers not just well, hillsborough they're creating well, a liability they know, for they know this for a fact and i'll tell you why is because the phone calls have yet stopped so every time i put a video out phone calls and emails are being bombarded through that station okay i got something way more powerful than phone calls and emails <laughs> you'd be so, surprised but so, i listen so so now uh so anyone who is in new hampshire and there's this thing in the new hampshire constitution where anyone who is a taxpayer has a right to sue the state so anybody in I new hampshire you, yeah is uh you the, the, so the court and the police there are creating a liability when you go bring yeah. when you sue the court when you sue the prosecutor it's going to be the state of New Hampshire that's going to pay out when you sue yeah, the taxpayers correct so when you sue yeah. the um uh the uh the 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 police, police department. department there it'll be the local insurance company so here's a couple of things that that cool. need to happen a right to no request for the oath of office yep. of everyone involved. Uh, so yep. this would be the prosecutor, the um, in, the, uh, the the cop, the dispatcher, the the superior of the cop. Also, a right to no request for the bonding, uh, the indemnification bond. 
uh, for yep. the cop. Well, how much their insurance covers, right? Yep, yep. You want their indemnification bond. You want the indemnification bond to include uh, the, the bond number, uh, the company <laughs> contact information for the company that has this number, and the town of Hillsborough mm-hmm. will have an indemnification bond. I did these requests yep. with Henniker, and Henniker had they, they sent me their in, indemnification bond. Uh, they also denied my request for the oath of office because they said that they had no oath of office for you know their code enforcement guy and their town manager. Um, wow. I, I didn't ask for one for the cops, and you know I, don't, I didn't have an issue with the police. Um, yep. Anyways, but you you do. And the other thing you can do is what's very powerful is is affidavit. I sent you a, a link to this affidavit, uh, and and basically, uh, it's it, the affidavit I sent you has to do with CPS specifically, but it could be added to reward reward uh rewarded uh so okay. if somebody from hillsborough for example new hampshire says uh writes out an affidavit kind of similar to this one i sent you and like you create a, a specific affidavit boilerplate and that's what this one is that i sent you that people can just sign and then they send it certified mail to the hillsborough town selectmen or or, or, yep. or town council uh, they send it to the uh, executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. And th- mm. they send them three different affidavits, basically. One is addressed to the to the executive, one is ju- addressed to the legislative, and one is addressed to the judicial. And in, there, in the affidavit, you say, hey, these guys are committing a liability. Anyone can do this. I can send one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian oh. can send one. Uh, th- they're creating a liability in the form of uh, when because they're doing wrong things, because they're falsely arresting, because they're targeting you, because they're harassing you, the example's already been set, especially with your case in the Charlestown situation where you know you won, uh, where this is wrong, what they are doing. All you are is a you are a um, a First Amendment auditor, uh, and you can even put in there that you've asked these cops. Uh, and, and and you could and, and you can cite the video or whatever you have. Hey, what are the elements of the First Amendment? And they won't answer it. They won't say it. You know, they won't even mm-hmm. talk about it because oh, obviously they don't know. So you can say we know that they don't. The cops don't follow. How the could Constitution. they have sworn an oath to the right. thing? They don't know what it says. Correct. They they don't know what these things yep. say. They don't know what they mean. Uh, they're not in, in, educated in constitutional law. They're not educated in the application of the Constitution. So in, in these affidavits, you lay out that. Uh, and as it's, as someone who's just Joe Blow citizen, that's just you know lives at one two three Main Street, Hillsborough, New Hampshire, would be like, mm. I got to pay taxes, and this and these 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 actions of these police officers in these you know uh, court system and the court are are causing me uh, harm and liability because my tax because I have to pay for this damage. So when what it gets does settled. this do though? I mean, so what does these it papers? do? What so is- in this affidavit, also you demand that the legislative body. Or the legislature, the executive, uh, straighten the situation out. You're, what you're doing is, in a sworn affidavit, you are expo- you are explaining to them what is wrong. You're explaining to them what the damage just is. Just going to throw it away. And I don't care. You are well, yeah. possibly, and you are explaining, and and you are demanding that they do something about it. And if they do don't do anything about it, and, and included in this affidavit, you'll see that they have uh, that you are not giving them any authority or power to do anything. You you've actually remove it from them. Because it says clearly in the Constitution, all power of the government uh, is derived vested in the people. people it but is derived we know from that's the people. Nonsense, because they just do whatever right. they want. But the thing is, is well, nobody trying to silence me. Right, what right. They're doing that's what they, that's what they're trying to do. And, and this is this isn't the first time. Uh, um, I, actually, the other the other day, Long Island Audit. I don't know if you're familiar with who that is over in New York, but he got eight restraining orders put against him wow. from police officers to the DMV officials. 
um, and a couple other people. Um, he got eight restraining orders uh, put against him, and so, he's fighting that right now, too. Wow. So uh, another thing, too, is these affidavits need to be sent to state legislatures. Now, in New yeah. Hampshire, we have a whole bunch of friendly state legislatures. Mm-hmm. And I will, yeah. uh, not on the air, but I will give you a list of state legislatures who send these affidavits okay. to. And the state legislature, there is many people in the state legislature right now that are going, so there's going to be a committee brought against to investigate DCYF and DCYF social workers for, for their crimes and what they have done. Uh, there's also going to be committees brought against uh, the uh, state police having to do with the New Hampshire Noble Nine for, for arresting all of those guys. There's From these be- affidavits? Uh, because you are going to order the legislator, the legislative officer directly. You are going to say, yeah. um, you know, Officer Jane Doe, uh, legislative uh, legislator Jane Doe, um, uh, the woman, for example. Uh, I am writing you to uh, basically order you to demand that you investigate this. You. You correct this wrong. You strip the power from these people. Well, some because, of them may do it because they want to, but I yes. don't think that they're mm-hmm. going to. They care about what people. I, mean, I some don't think of them they're really obligated. Care. They are obligated. When you send uh, them, well. read this affidavit I sent you. All right. Let's I hook will. up later at a later time. Yeah, take this and, off off the air. Yeah. I, I know he's going to be at uh, Hillsborough District Court 11 a.m. on Monday to face That's this correct. particular restraining order or this so-called protective order that the police want. Now the judge has not issued a preliminary injunction correct there's not anything that's that's going right now on this right that's the court date that's yeah. it okay so they just did an expedited court date this would be a great time for supporters to come out uh, i don't know well, you're probably working jay but if you can be there it might be cool too uh, to i I, I would like to try to go i have to go to that court for another reason anyway so okay, this might perfect. be a, a, a good opportunity well, yeah to do and that. i know that uh press you are going to have an event at that court next week anyway for a recording video in the court which is on something october 3rd yeah which you've been doing yeah, i'm trying uh, so now you got another uh, now you got another court date there all of a sudden. Uh, a, a little more for you, uh, Press NH. Um, yeah. So instead of phone calls, phone calls are easy in emails. When these guys start getting certified mail affidavits demanding that they do something, because especially the legislature, the state yep. legislature, and there are people within the state legislature willing to take action. They're willing to form committees because. Uh, we have a lot of libertarians and freedom fighters within the New Hampshire state legislature because of the Free State Project and the Shire Society and you know, these awesome things we have going on here. But when yep. they start getting affidavits and they are not um, you know, responding to these affidavits, they are not responding to the people, they are not doing the will of the people. It is not the will of the people for police officers and tax dollars to be used to deny you your rights, to, to injure you. Mm. Uh, and, you know, this just keeps happening again and again and again. And what you will start seeing, you will start seeing police officers resign, uh, w- w- you know, with this kind of activity. An affidavit takes energy. You have to, it, it's going to take someone uh, like three hours of their life to totally get it, write down an affidavit, you know, go to the post off, you know, edit it, check mm. it, you get know, it get it up, you know, author it. Uh, and, um, and that means it's probably not going to happen a whole lot. Because so, yeah, so a lot of people aren't going to do it. But yeah. uh, if the, but if you make it simple and easy and create a boilerplate, kind of like the one I just uh, sent you, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, the affidavits are extremely powerful. So this you know, there affid- should be probably, Jay, and you know, I don't know if you know the right people. You might know some people who could help you with this. Maybe there could be a website 
you know, NH affidavits or whatever, something like that. Where well, you the, could... there, there is a website I sent him. It's not specific to NH, but we, myself and a few other people have been talking the last few days about basically doing exactly that. Right, uh, right. A, a template set up, you know, a, that's a, what people need. They need yeah, they yep. need something straightforward to help them with this. Yeah. Hey, Press, anything else you want to share here tonight right quick? Um, no, uh, just check out the video, guys. Uh, you'll get more information from that. Um, yeah, and whatever you do, don't display, share, or <laughs> copy this video anywhere, or yeah. you may be yeah. brought up on criminal charges by the Hillsborough Police Department. Don't put and on any blockchain. And whatever you do, don't call the Hillsborough Police Department or the prosecutor and tell them how you feel about what they're doing. Don't use the number that you'll find over at freekeen.com on the latest article that was posted there. Thank you for the call tonight, Press. I appreciate it, man, and uh, right, keep man. us in the loop Thank on this. And we'll be there to support you. you on Monday. Uh, we got more coming up here. You can join the show, 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here if you would like. The number is 603-283-6160. Actually, those phones are completely loaded right now, so you may be getting a busy signal if you're trying that number. You can, however, call us on our SIP line, SIP, super important person. That's not what it actually stands for, but uh, it's it's a computer thing. Anyway, it's, uh, it's basically online VoIP calling, and you can get a free app and a free account to set up your own SIP line, and then you can call us, and it doesn't cost you any minutes, it doesn't cost you any long distance. If you're halfway across the world and you have an internet connection, it's a great way to call into the studio here during our live show. Just go to sip.freetalklive.com, that's sip.freetalklive.com. Right now, the SIP line is the only open line that we have, so we got to get back into these calls here, Jay. Uh, and let's go to David Hathaway, the sheriff in... Arizona, Santa Cruz County, right on the border there in Arizona. Welcome, uh, Sheriff Hathaway. Yeah, good evening, uh, Jay. Good evening, Ian. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit tonight about jury selection and jury pools. And I just finished today listening to Ernie Hancock's interview of you, Ian. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, part of the process uh, during that interview, he discussed uh, the process of the jury selection in your case. And then there was a caller tonight also talking about jury nullification and jury selection. And, you know, one of the the problems of why you get a, you know, jury pools that don't have the anarchist type, the volunteerist type, mm-hmm. is because they go to the voter registration list to get their, uh, their potential, you know, uh, jury selectees. Right. And so, you know, within that list, you have a, a lot of principled anarchists and volunteerists that will not register to vote because there's this fallacious social contract, the idea of this mm-hmm. social contract that, you know, you select those that govern you through the democratic voting process, but then you have a reciprocal obligation to judge your peers in a court, you know, being part of a jury. So that's why yeah. out here, both in the in the uh, state and in the federal courts, they use the voter registration. So it's kind of already a tainted pool. Mm-hmm. You already have status people and people who kind of buy off on that. 
social contract idea, but there's also other people that will never register to vote. Like I know a lot of, uh, uh, you know, Mennonites and uh, Mm. devout Mennonites and Amish, and there's other ones like uh, Jehovah's Witness that will refuse to vote or register to vote or participate in any government benefit program because they look at their religious beliefs, like the Bible says, you should not serve two masters, you know, Mm -hmm. that you will wind up hating one and loving the other. So they don't believe that they should submit to the government. So they refuse to vote or to register to vote. So there's people like that that don't believe that the state has a right to uh, to lord it over anybody or right. to make decisions over anybody's life. And as a matter of fact, in the Bible, there's even a passage talking about do not take your disputes to the state. Hmm. That that's a shame if you can't decide these things amongst yourself, right. amongst the you know the Christians. Now, modern so-called Christians just ignore all this stuff. You know, they don't care that the Bible says, um, you know, you can't serve two masters or to don't take your disputes to the state. Uh, they they could care less about that. But, you know, so that's that's kind of the main thing I wanted to point out is that the jury pool in the first place is tainted. Yep. So even if you talk about tactics to get around the, the what do they call it, the void, 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 void wire dear. process, yep voidir process, you know, and how you can get past that and, you know, so that they don't think that you're tainted by being a libertarian or something. Well, more fundamentally than that, a lot of principled people will not even register to vote. They don't believe in this social contract nonsense. Now, I think in some states, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but don't some states pull from driver's licenses? In addition Um, to... Out here, they do the jury pull, but but that, that could also be I mean, they they do the the uh, voter registration list, yeah. but that could also be the case. I think some states do that, but even still, you still don't get people who don't have state IDs, which of course would be the most principled, like Jay Noon type people that don't ever, you know, yeah. never had a social security number, never asked for a permission slip from the state. Uh, you're absolutely right about that, David. Yeah, and that's basically all I had to say. I'm looking forward to the trip next week to Keene. Me and my wife are coming out there, so we're looking forward to meeting some people and getting out there. But enjoying the show, and I'll give it back to you guys. Hey, thanks for listening, and thanks for the call tonight. Let's continue here. We have Major Payne on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major Payne. Hey, guys. Yeah, I got uh, three counts of overzealous laws here from Michigan just in the last little bit. Okay. I called in and talked to the captain about this bit on Sunday, but they hadn't charged the cat yet. There was a dude from Florida that uh, got into the police parking lot behind the tr- post there mm-hmm. and doused five or six cars with gasoline and lit them up. Oh, wow. And well, and I told the captain when I was talking to him, I said, where this guy went wrong is he started shooting the damn cars. Well, huh. it turns out they're charging him with one count of arson, mm-hmm. some kind of a terrorist count, Whoa. and uh, 11 counts, which must be how many rounds they expended, of attempted murder, shooting an empty car. Whoa. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, okay, so on, on the good news front, you know, remember the uh, old Gretchen the Grunt, Grunt, Grinch Whitmer, our governor? Yeah. Well, remember the kidnapping debacle with the... Uh, yeah, yeah. I heard a few more guys yeah, got yeah. found not guilty on that. Yeah, the three guys that didn't roll over and take the plea deal got mm-hmm. found innocent of all charges. Wow. Now, as Ooh, I understand, yeah. if I recall correctly, there were more than three that didn't take the plea. There was uh, a few more 
uh, two of them did uh, get found not guilty, but a couple did get found guilty. Isn't that true? And then this this most recent batch got found not guilty. I don't know. I just remember the four of them were hanging on for a long time. Mm-hmm. There might have been a couple lower level charges, you know, on on some mm-hmm. some. These guys were just baited by the feds. Well, yeah, it was, it was just a sting operation that was created, um, you know. And this is what the FBI does. They got to set go, people up. They got to uh, conjure up a plan. They go find some people that they can sort of convince. And um, you know, I definitely know people that can be conned into doing things. Uh, mm-hmm. They're sort of kind of low IQ, or they're desperate, or they're like you know. They're a you know a single mom that doesn't have any help that's got a grudge, uh, you know that you know is uh, you know the, the feds will threaten them or oh, we're taking your baby away or they'll be yeah, like they'll hey, do anything we can help you out and you know um, but uh, you know ba- but basically anyone who's low confidence uh, mm-hmm. is 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 a potential um, you target. know target for the FBI to get them to either be some kind of informant or to do some kind of crime. Sure. Um, a little and, bit of pressure will flip a lot of and people. And there's hundreds ex- of examples of this. Uh, Melanie Neighbors yeah. is a good example. Well, former the Melanie Neighbors, Free Talk Live. The, the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, that mm-hmm. was a, you know, FBI, you know, uh, operation they helped along. There was another guy that like, just, yeah, it's crazy. You can just go on and on for hours about this. Anything else about the story, Major, well, you want to point out? trying to do this now. Another one they're trying to do is now they um, put a bill into the legislature where if you have any kind of a, uh, oh, what the hell do you call it, an assault charge, okay, and you're found guilty of any kind of assault, whether it be spitting on a cop's shoe or whatever it might be, um, you are going to lose your right to purchase a firearm for eight years. Just for any assault? Any assault charge. This whatsoever. is Michigan. And you know, this is in Michigan. But the, uh, the definition of assault is way broad anymore. Yeah, it is. I mean, all you got to assault is can be a verbal uh, thing too. It doesn't have to. It depends on the state, I think, and how that's how it's defined. But it can also just be saying something uh, that is upsetting. Yeah, as you can well. say "f you" to a cop. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All you got to do is, is rattle their cage, and you suddenly assaulted. So them. this is Michigan. Just to be clear, you're talking about with this assault law. Yes, sir. All right. Mel, thanks for the update, Major. I appreciate the call tonight. Let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Oh, oh, yes. Um, yes. Oh, am I on? You are on. Go ahead. Okay. So, here in Albuquerque, people just went crazy over the electric bicycles. Really? How crazy? Well, enough that we're going to get a 20 miles per hour at the, the bicycle pass. That's what people are wanting. Cause, uh, what does that mean? Just, 20 miles an hour. They're going so fast, the electric bike goes over. Tw- well, they're kind of like running into people. They're jogging. They're, they have regular bicycles. They're going so fast. And they're silent. Hmm. And they're they're, so they're, they're actually have- extremely dangerous. One of the things, uh, uh, concerns I had at Pork Fest is you have all these like eight-year-olds and teenagers riding these Segways and these mm-hmm. one wheels around. And like I got toddlers and it was like I had to go grab my kid because he was going to get run over by Whoa. one of these things. And so when hmm. someone's driving a car, for example, they they, they have insurance and they and their and their brains fully developed, mm-hmm. uh, or, or should be fully developed. Uh, but usually, if you're you're 16 years old, you get developed enough to understand, like you know, um, the simple fact that if I create a damage, it, uh, my insurance is going to go up, and I might not be able to afford to drive my car if I you know can't keep the insur- can't pay the insurance. Not so with well, a bicycle. Not, though, right? Well, not so with an eight year old on a Segway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's the thing: with my uncle had one of these um, has had one of these electric, uh, you know, 
mountain bike type things, fat yeah. tire things. And I took it Why? for a ride. And uh, he's like, and it's got a thing for how like how, how much like um, like a little like volume knob type button so you can like make it so the throttle or something or well so it's got like a throttle Uh but then it's got another thing you can turn it all the way up and like this thing will like Uh haul and but this thing will do about 47 miles an hour it's actually scary what that's crazy yeah yeah, because you can you can basically jailbreak them and and so so basically he just opened it up and he desoldered like a um some kind of something (laughs) on it and 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 the thing and it would it would come right out from underneath you if it had a full full battery and you mm-hmm. like hammered it. It was like more powerful than like some motorcycles. That's crazy. I've ridden. But it's very light. The thing yeah. only weighs about thirty-five pounds right, or forty right. pounds. And it, 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 it uh, and when I say it'll come out from underneath you, if, if if you have the like the thing turned all the way up and you just full throttle it, and because he's told yeah. me he's like he goes, be careful, don't drive this thing on like five. You know, mm-hmm. just drive it on two. And then you can turn it all the way up and try it. But he's like, don't gas it unless you're moving mm-hmm. because he. Because you'll get hurt. <laughs> and he's right. I'd hang well, on you know, to it. <laughs> so, you know what, my, you know what we need? We need speeding cameras on the bicycle. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what you need. Well, no. it's a surveillance camera. Well, what are you personal responsibilities? What yeah. What, what are you saying, Sarah? Is is the problem with the bikes there? You're saying they're going too fast. Well, you know, I was walking on the bicycle path. And then one of these electric bikes did pass me, but he was very courteous. I said, on the left, on the left. And I looked around, and he wasn't pedaling. But he was mm-hmm. going slow enough, and he alerted us. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about the other bozos that just run people over and keep on going. Oh, like wow. he was saying, these bicycles are scary. So, so uh, I'm in the horse business. With- I've been, uh, I grew up in the horse business, and trail riding is what a lot of people do with their horses. They go sure. ride on these trails. So in Cape wow. Cod, there's like this whole, like, you know, trail network of uh, hor- of uh, like horse trails, yeah, and also people hike on them and they bicycle on them and the whole mm-hmm. nine things, a whole nine yards. And one of the issues that's happening with the people riding their horses is all of a sudden a bicycle goes right by them and mm-hmm. scares, scares the, the heck horse. out of the horse, scares the rider. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's like a dirt bike, you hear, hear coming. It. Yeah. So growing up in the woods of of Western Mass, we had dirt bike trails all over the place, and I was on dirt bikes and horses. And when you're on your horse, you hear a dirt bike coming. You just get off to the side of the trail because the dirt bike's going to be probably, you know, hammering yeah. down a trail. And now they have these electric motorcycles that are like, you don't hear anything. And all of a sudden, this thing is there. Mm. And, mm-hmm. uh, and like, I, I imagine people are, I, I know in Colorado, somebody hit like a moose or something on an electric ATV. Um, like last summer, I heard about this. Yeah. And it was like the dude got had to get, you know, life flighted out of there because he was doing like 60 miles an hour and hit a moose. Uh, but like, uh, Damn, you know, that's the moose might've heard the dirt bike cause dirt bikes don't really hit when these animals hear like engines coming, yeah. they, 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 they tend they get to out like, of the way. just, you know, be aware or look mm-hmm. for it. And the moose is just hanging out and all of a sudden gets, you know, smacked by a Damn. 60 mile an hour electric motorcycle. And, um, yeah, so loud pipes save lives. Uh, and, and this is why, you know, like a lot of these electric cars will make noises like mimicking a car running. Oh, you know? really? And yeah. Uh, they, you know, um. I've uh, never heard that. Yep, sure. They have Usually, uh, if an electric car comes by, and thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight, even though it seems like Sarah doesn't want anybody to do anything except walk everywhere. Uh, she hates cars. Now she hates bikes, uh, <laughs> or at least electric bikes. But normally, I hear like a kind of a high-pitched tone with these electric cars when they're coming by. There's sort of like this high-pitched... Yep. Uh, it's hard to really imitate it, but it's like almost like a whine. Oh. 
Yeah. 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 Those are the electric motors. That's usually a low mm-hmm. speed thing, but the I and, and it might be a, a generated sound. I know uh Luke um uh has a uh an electric car and you can actually program what like low tone low pitch noise really? it'll do. Like, just to let people know it's there. Yeah, just to let people know that like it, that's it, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a it's a danger. Let's continue here. We got Dave Ridley on the line from RidleyReport.com. Go ahead, Ridley. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that I have um, <clears throat> tentatively scheduled a demonstration uh, for uh, the period of time, you know, about an hour and a half before your sentencing on oh, October second. Really? Cool. Uh, so the idea would be the federal building, eight, tentatively federal building, 8.30 a.m., Concord, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can fill in the details later. Cool. What's the, uh, what is the demonstration's purpose? Uh, demonstration is to protest your sentencing. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that, Ridley. I uh, definitely appreciate the, the kind efforts. Hopefully it will have some sort of, uh, some sort of an impact. Uh, certainly people showing up. And being uh, on my side can can help, uh, especially in the courtroom. And I, I really appreciate. I think it was over a hundred people who came out to the first part of sentencing, which happened uh, almost a couple of weeks ago at this point. And as you said here, uh, Ridley, the the second part, hopefully the final part, is going to be coming up on October second at Concord Federal Court. It starts at ten a.m., but you're going to be there ninety minutes in advance. It sounds like. That's my plan, uh, and I'm, I'm posting details to forum.shiresociety.com. Okay, great. I guess I should probably sing that so people can remember it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> forum.shiresociety.com. What else is going on with you, Ridley? I know you started up the Ridley Report again recently. How's that going? Well, that was one of the things I was already thinking about uh, doing a Ridley rampage around October 3rd, you know, where I go from uh, government meeting to government meeting asking questions with my camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so since I was going to do that around the 3rd anyway, I just thought, oh, maybe I could expand that one day, just just go out earlier. Because I have to, like, plan in advance, rent a car and stuff like that. I don't own a vehicle. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> but so that d- demonstration is kind of part of the – the, the third and the fourth, I was planning on shooting some videos anyway uh, at <clears throat> government meetings that are scheduled at that point. So that's, that's right, where cool. it stands right now with that. Hey, hey Dave, uh, I got a um, question that you could put in your uh, in your magazine of uh, questions. Uh, hmm. What evidence do you have that the New Hampshire Code or Constitution applies to someone quite simply because they're on this soil we call New Hampshire? Yeah, not I, let, let's not say because you're in New Hampshire because that would mean you're in within the corporation, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I think uh, a bureaucrats need to ask what evidence they have that the code or constitution applies to any man or woman just because they're on this dirt we call New Hampshire. That'll stump them, right? <laughs> I guess I could. I wouldn't rule it out immediately. <clears throat> oh, also, by the way, with regard to October second, I'm thinking about, and I could use feedback on this idea, but I was thinking about scheduling follow-up demonstrations like every half an hour for the rest of the day after your sentencing, like at every single federal facility in Concord, uh, you know, hmm. one after the other. It's I'm not long. sure. Yeah, I'm not sure how to how to handle that exactly. It would be difficult to set a time for it, but I'm looking for feedback on that idea. I think you're going to find a uh, point of diminishing returns with that, likely. People are going to be, 
you know, tired at some point and probably won't want. I mean, although at the same time, you might get people getting out of work later on in the day who <laughs> want to come to a thing they couldn't come to in the morning. So maybe you would see different people would be uh, cool showing up later on to tailgate in a parking lot and cook like uh, offer like sausages or something. Yeah, we used to do that in Keene a long time ago at the jail where we would throw essentially a party with what you're talking about, like a cookout. Uh, people would bring food. There was a grill usually, and we would, whenever somebody was going into jail, we'd throw them a party in the jail parking lot before they went in. And then when they would get out of jail, we'd throw them another party in the jail parking lot when they got out. So people were, I remember people were smoking joints out across the street from the jail in the parking lot, and there was, you know, hot food being cooked. And then they, then they moved the jail to a different town, and they completely locked it down, and they arrested a dozen people for. Uh, for having a uh, uh, visiting the jail basically and walking around the property, so that kind of ended that uh, tradition, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I like that idea, Jay. Uh, and you know, like they said, I can't I can't double the number of protesters who appear in front of the Concord Federal Building, but I can double the number of protests. <laughs> very good, very good, Dave. Thanks for the call tonight. Thanks for the update, and appreciate the uh, the kind thoughts and efforts. That's Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. Dr. Butt is on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Pain in the jackass. Um, he had a conversation with a moron today. Oh, and, did he have a badge? Yeah, at one point, uh, well, he would have had something close to it. How about, will a military uniform suffice? Okay. What happened? Yeah, and um, this moron, well, number number one, my, one of my allegations uh, that is that he was a moron for even going into our contemporary military. Uh, mm. And you can tell me where you agree and disagree. One, because this, uh, this military, I mean, first of all, do they protect the, we the people or do they protect the uh, fake, uh, illegal, uh, organized crime government that we have? In the obvious it seems answer, like the latter. Right. Yeah, that would be the obvious answer to me. And then this moron, so he's a moron on that point, uh, and he said he was proud to serve. And I asked him, you know, why would you be proud to be a mercenary? This is what you're doing. Uh, you know, of course, he, uh, he uh, uh, ended the discussion be- before we could actually have a serious discussion on this, but I, I accused him of being a mercenary for this uh, unlawful illegal, illegal government, and he didn't have any comeback to that, so he ended the conversation. Um, uh, but that's the other thing is you're you're actually a mercenary. You're taking money and you're not defending we the people. You're mm-hmm. you're defending the the, uh, the the government that's oppressing us. Of course, the government that's oppressing us would say no, 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 no. We're defending the American people, but we all know that's not true. And then the second part uh, where I think he's a moron was he uh, he had uh, signed up, volunteered to uh, to his job in the military was to get inside of a tin can. Uh, an armored tin can that shoots at other people uh, mm. in the form of a tank. And to me, that's always seemed like a really stupid move because the, if you're, if you're part of a, ta- Oh, before I do that one, I got to make, make sure to get in the third point, which is actually more important. And that is uh, when I disagreed with this military personnel person retired uh, on these points, uh, he said that in response to my attitude about him and, and my allegations about him in the military, that he and his fellow tank crew members, they would beat me up. They would, they would use <laughs> violence against me. 
because I disagreed with them. So I just wanted to. Wow. Uh, everybody to know yeah. I noticed you said reason. him and his other members. He wasn't going to fight you by himself, was he? Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. That was another thought too. They, they, he wouldn't continue the conversation, but by my next uh, invitation was based on his threat of violence. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, where he volunteered the rest of his uh, his crew to gang up on one guy. I was going to invite him to a one-on-one lawful uh, combat session, you know, whether in a cage or a ring or whatever, where it's legal to do so. Is that legal but, in uh, New Mexico? Well, no, no, no. It's legal everywhere if you're doing it as part of a sanctioned sport. Like, oh, you know, yeah, uh, but then MMA. there's licenses and a bunch of stuff like that. You know, it is ironic, uh, Doctor, that these military people love to talk about how they're fighting for your freedom and if you if it wasn't for them you wouldn't have the freedom of speech and you wouldn't have you know the freedom of fill in the blank but yet you used your freedom of speech to express yourself to this guy who supposedly was fighting for your freedoms and what does he do he says he's going to attack you he's going to violently uh harm you with his buddies yeah the military just fights to to prop up the you the power of the u.s dollar that's all they've ever done that's really all they do Exactly. Yeah, he he referred to beating me up as he they called it uh, physical therapy. Wow, you know, that's he's sick. Not, not man enough to admit that he's just beating somebody up. Uh, him and some of his buddies. Oh, and the last thing is that he's a moron. The, the the point I was making was I think you're a moron if you voluntarily get into a tank where you're target number one for things like 500 pound bombs and javelin missiles and and things that blow things tanks up. And you know, if you ever watched like popcorn pop in a in a uh, in a pan. <laughs> That's kind of what you and your crew members are going to do when the enemy uh, targets you. Yeah. Target number Personally, one. I wouldn't use you know insulting terms against people, but I would say that a young person could be duped into joining the military because they might be ignorant. But if you're in the military and you see what's really going on and then you learn about it and you keep going and you extend in the military... You're a cult member. Yeah, then you got a problem. Uh, we're out of time tonight. We'll see you tomorrow night. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com